Yeah, I think the intro. So Vina and I pre-recorded our intro, and um, that intro makes sense. Yeah, I I just I thought that it made sense because we didn't have to do it over and over again, and we you know we haven't really polished up the way we're doing it, but right. I don't know if you want to save that for the actual podcast, but no, this is the actual podcast. Oh, we're on the actual podcast. Yeah, because the thing with the the intro, I feel like a lot of people hear it once. They need to hear it once. Yeah, but then it's like. Let's just start talking. Let's just start getting into it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, the intro to me of a podcast is I should know what podcast I'm listening to mm-hmm. within the first, I don't know, half second. Right. And then I can press skip because I know that I'm, I'm where I want to be. I'm yep. listening to what I want to listen to. Everything else doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. How long is your intro? I don't know. Guess. I, yeah. I would get some, no more than 10 seconds. 10? But I feel like that's Maybe five fine. to 10. It's yeah. when it gets, if it's too long, you're kind of like, all right, I need to skip ahead a little bit or jump through the intro. Yeah. But um, I feel like if you had le- like listeners that know you guys, know what your podcast is about, and they click play, it's like, boom, let's start listening. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It can go both ways. I, You know, it's kind of funny that you, you say that because like, I don't know what Apple Music is like when you fast forward or skip or whatever, but Spotify does a 15 second skip, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm... <laughs> I'm also wondering if you, it, it's smarter to it actually bad. record an intro that's 15 seconds. Yeah. Because, or maybe 16, because you know that the listener that's returning yeah. knows what the intro is like and just hits skip. It'd be cool if it was set up where it would just, you know, like Netflix, it'll cut to the intro. You can click skip. Skip intro. Like yeah. if it just knew that. Like if I was sitting there listening to podcast after podcast, if it was like, all right, I'm going to skip the first 15 every time. I wouldn't be surprised if that came out sooner or later. Yeah, you think it would. Because even like with Joe Rogan's podcast, he'll have commercials that pop up. Yeah. And it's like a different playhead, right? So it'll pop in and it's a 30-second clip that I just drag all the way to the end. Yeah. And and then keep listening. But I, that, that is one of those things that drives me nuts is when they inject like and, – and especially when the – like it's not a clean break. No, it's in the – and a, then it like yeah, cuts, it into, cuts into the – it drives me nuts. It's like, oh my god, you guys could have done so much better with that. Even some of like the really professional podcasts I listen to, I'm like, why isn't that more polished than right than than just a break in the middle? Yeah, of I wonder that, how they set it up though. What do you mean? Like, how would you integrate that into their clip? I don't know. I, I can't even think of how you could set the, like, especially with with Spotify. Maybe there's a like a pro Spotify backend or something that we don't know about. But do they just plug it in somewhere? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm assuming that the obviously the podcast is fully recorded already, mm-hmm. and then they decide where to drop ads in. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. They, we haven't monetized our podcast. You haven't so yet? No. Absolutely not. Why not? Are you going to or just no interest in something like that? No. You know, I think, um, honestly, like when Vina and I talked about it originally, um, number one, it was a fun project. It was mm-hmm. something that we were interested in. It brings us together every week. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk about stuff we love to talk about, food, travel, and you know, bi- some Life. business stuff, some marriage stuff. Yeah, what works for us, what doesn't. Um, but I guess when we talked about monetizing that, we said that if it ever were to come to a point where people were approaching us for ads, we would want to be really selective about what ads we had on there because we were just talking about credibility with yeah. the podcast, right? Right. I don't want to just monetize for the heck of monetizing. I would rather have products that I actually truly believe in and would use. Right. Um, because we're trying to actually tie that podcast in with our kind of our Airbnb concept. Right. Um, where like 
you know, if you listen to the podcast, you're going to know how we like to travel, how we like to eat. Right. And so as we gain more Airbnb properties, um, we kind of want people to understand what their experience is going to be like at those places because they're kind of cultivated around the food we like to eat and how we like to stay and how we like to travel. Right. Yeah. And so if I destroy the podcast credibility by, yeah, ruins a lot more. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I could, I could ruin a lot more of the podcast. So I really don't care about monetizing the podcast. It'd be awesome if we did eventually, but at the same time, it's more of just a platform to tell you about how I like to, how we like to travel and eat. Yeah. And you should be able to gain an understanding of what our Airbnbs are like through that. Yeah. How how many episodes do you guys have now? Oh, that's a great question for Vina. I guess. don't. Is I don't know. Twenty more than twenty. Uh, it's more than twenty. Because you were doing 20. you doing once a week. And yeah. Then we you tr- took like a break during the holiday, but for a while you were once a week, right? Yep. Yep. We tried to do them once a week. Um, uh, drop them once a week, and uh, we did take a break during the holiday. Um, things get kind of crazy around that time, and um. You know, we were just like, hey, let's take a little pause on this and then kind of uh, restock the stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, and then uh, jump forward from there. Yeah, exactly. How did you guys land on your name? I, you know, that's a really good question. Um, we should have brought Vina in. Yeah, we should have brought Vina in. That would have been, <laughs> it would have been a much better interview, I'm sure. Um, I think we were just talking about it and we're like, what's something that kind of stands out? Something kind of fun. Um, right. So our uncommon life, like we were kind of talking about life and what we do and how we operate. And, you know, we didn't really have much of a clear defined like target market at that point for the podcast. Um, and not that we do right now, but um, I think that we kind of t- were talking about how different we operate with our weekly meetings, our monthly meetings, our quarterly meetings, our yearly meetings, how we run our life. I don't know like, anyone else that does that. Yeah. I do. Outside of a work environment, oh, right? It's but. a very work environment type thing, but it's something that's worked really well for us. And we were talking about how like different that is. And we were looking up words for like. Were you circling? Different? You're like, how, what makes us so uncommon? Like your intro, were you saying that when you were trying to think of what to call your podcast? Yeah. I mean, we, sort of. I'm, I'm sure that word probably came up. Um, and then we just kind of thought it had like a decent, a decent sound to it. So mm-hmm. we're like, let's see that one. Yeah. So, so you're, but you're kind of jump back to your weekly meetings. How long have you guys done that? We started that during the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we took just like, I feel like everyone else did, you know, you kind of swimming around for four weeks, not knowing what to do because right. your world's upside down. Right. You can't go, you know, to the local store and get food like you do. You know, you can't go it was like a restaurant. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing ever. So um, as we were kind of like looking at this whole new life we were living in, I said, probably need some sort of structure. So I started working out at four or four 30 in the morning, which was crazy. It's something I don't do today. Just to be very clear. I'm not one of those people. I'm definitely not a morning person, but we said we need some kind of routine and something to work towards. And so right. we said, why don't we structure this kind of like a business? And what we found is that it really helps us coordinate our personal schedules mm-hmm. um, and keep us in alignment. Mm-hmm. And then it also helps us move towards our individual goals as well as our, like our marriage goals. Yeah. So it, it's just one of the most useful tools that we've implemented and we stick to it really, really hardcore. Oh yeah. So it's marriage goals and then individual goals is what you guys are planning during those. Yeah. So, um, basically, uh, we, we cover like five or six different things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really a 15 minute meeting weekly, weekly, yeah. 15 minutes, Sunday, 8am the day, the time doesn't really matter. It's whatever is conducive for you, but um, for us, 8 a.m. on Sundays works out really well. So the first thing we do is we cover the agenda. 
for, for the, this coming the, week. This coming week, right? Where are you? What are you doing? What are the things we have to do? What are the things we're doing together? Like, oh, don't forget, mom's birthday is right. know, this day. Fantastic. So we make sure our calendars are, are in alignment. Um, and then we cover our to-dos. Um, so we talk about last week's commitments that we've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and these could be, um, they're usually like kind of marriage focused or like, like goal focused to do is like, I need to call a realtor. So gotcha. and it's not he, like mowing the lawn. Yeah, or something. yeah. Yeah. And like, we have a whole podcast about like mowing the lawn and cleaning the house. And stuff I like heard that. it. Did I you listen it. to that one? I did. Yeah. Like out, outsourcing the stuff we don't like to do that wastes time. Yeah. Like I've never mowed the lawn in my life except for like when I was a kid, my parents, I love me, it. Right. I like, love it. I listened to it mowing my lawn. I listened to that. <laughs> That's yeah, great. It was the, the irony, because then I think did I you stop to your it. mower and get off? Of course not. <laughs> I think I when I was listening to it, I think later it, we had got a brand new mower, yeah. and I'm like, oh, listen to this new podcast. Are you super proud and of I'm it? I'm hearing mm-hmm. how Vina was like, yeah, well, yeah, you know, we we, we outsource this stuff, and you're like, yeah, I don't ever want to mow the lawn. I'm, I hate it. I hate it. I'm thinking, what the irony of it was huge. I think I sent you a picture of my lawnmower. You told did. you, I can't believe I just listened you to this. Did. But that yeah. was so funny. But yeah, I mean, we, we cover all the, the commitments we made. Did we get them done? Did we not get them done? We don't waste a lot of time on a, uh, on those if they're not accomplished. Um, explaining or coming up with excuses, we just say, hey, does this need to be added to this week? Or um, Right. Now, if it falls two weeks in a row, a lot of times we ask, are there roadblocks? Is there a reason that we're held up on this? Or is it just not important anymore? Is it just pen and paper? You guys are writing this yep. down? Or v- yep. Vina it? actually documents all of it. Um, and I, I do it on my phone because mm. um, I'll have like my task list and I just add it to my personal list there. Um, but after that, we move on to uh, setting new to-dos for this week. Um, and then we move on to personal goals. So, um, you know, personal goals might be, I want to get three workouts in this week. Yeah. I want to run a 5K. I want to, you know do this, do that, whatever it is. Generally for us, they're kind of health focused. Right. Um, Because with our busy schedules, we can get out of alignment with health really quick. It's something really easy for both of us to put down and just say, hey, this is the one thing that can come off my schedule today. Yeah. Um, And so when we make commitments to each other about doing that and we know we're going to be asking about it the following week, it helps. Stick to it. Yeah. And even if we don't, like, let's say I want to get five workouts in, I'll report that I got four in and no, I didn't hit my goal, but at least, you know, you got four from at that. least I got four. Yeah, exactly. So then it's, does it improve? Like it's got to, have, it had to have helped improve all of those aspects, right? With, with goal setting for personal stuff as well. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like, or are there weeks where you're like, I'm doing terrible. I haven't hit any of my goals or is that not there, normal? No, there are weeks. There are weeks that you'll have that that, that happens. Um, and I think that's just natural for anybody. Right. You're never going to set out and hit every single one of your goals. It's just impossible and unrealistic. Right. Um, but that accountability at the end of the week to come to the plate and say, hey, I didn't really do anything. Right. Like it gives it makes a, you feel like crap. Make you feel like it, it does, but it also <laughs> opens the opportunity for a conversation of like, hey, that's not like you. Right, is everything okay? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so that's your weekly meeting. What does then your monthly look like? Yeah. Um, good question. There's there's a couple more parts of that weekly meeting oh, that we tag okay. on there um that I think are important too, though. So we've covered basically the agenda. Yep. And once again, this is all within 15 minutes. So we covered the agenda, the to-dos, set new to-dos, goals new goals. And then we cover, um, date night, which is super mm-hmm. important. We schedule one night a week where it's a date night. Yep. Um, and I'm really intentional about not having my phone out for that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a huge thing for me and just being present. Uh, and then we schedule our, this is new to the meeting. Um, as of this year is our content creation day. 
Mm. So I keep those days very separate because I don't. Day and the yes, yeah, they have to be on separate days for me because I don't want them to start blending together too much. Right, you're out on a date and you're talking about what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, we generally talk about work on date night, anyways. You know, one of us, uh, you know, one more feels better to have two days out of it. Exactly. So then uh, after that, we uh, uh, we talk about likes and dislikes. So, hey, this is the one thing I liked you did this week. This is one thing I disliked mm. or that I'm confused by. Um, and gives a platform for something that might be bothering you. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then we conclude. And uh, then, you know, we kind of look at the monthly meetings. How did you first of the month. like to interrupt? How did what? So I know that you wanted to start operating like this in 2020, but where did you learn to try to do something like that? Uh, that's a good like question. you were doing it at your work right and you just like was it like let's try to do this with our personal life or did you read something or what was the motivation for that yeah so um i am a part of a business group called eo um and i've, I've talked to you about that oh, okay yeah um it's one of the coolest groups ever but even before that there's this, this book called traction it's built around this this uh, system called eos it's a business um it's a business operating system Really? Okay. Okay. And it's an entrepreneur operating. System. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Gosh. much. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it stands for. Actually. So you nailed it. I was assuming EOS. That's yeah. what I. Yeah. But. Entrepreneurial operating system. Um, but anyways, that whole system is kind of structured just like that. Okay. So um, like you'll notice the book actually says do your quarterly meetings offsite. And it, what was the book's name again? Traction. Traction. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. A lot of small businesses are picking up on the EOS system and implementing it. Yeah. It's like the coolest thing ever. Um, but yeah, that's where I got the idea for the, the, the meetings mm-hmm. and, um, what a dramatic change, you know, like it, it, we're just so much, but offsite is offsites helpful as well. Yeah. So like the quarterly meetings happen offsite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the book recommends. And so Vina and I use that as a reason to get away. So the quarterly meeting for us, because it's just two of us, it's not a huge organization. Right. Um, we do that, uh, you know, usually in about a half a day, two to four hours. And then we have that entire weekend to do whatever, bounce around a new town. Yeah. Be out, be out of our normal space. So we kind of double it up. So that's, that's a, a good one for sure. Yeah. I love the quarterlies. So then you have your weekly and then your monthly. Mm-hmm. What is the monthly meeting? Look like? Monthly meetings. Um, th- that's the weaker of the ones. And we've discussed that a little bit. Um, it's, I don't know if it's our, um, execution of the meeting or if it's just not impactful for us. So that's the nice thing about these is like, you know, it's not a hard set standard of rules. We've modified and tweaked this to what works right. for us, but the monthly meeting is really just kind of a recap of what we've done in the month. Is it working towards our, our quarterly goal that we've set, mm-hmm. you know, and our quarterly goals are all based on a yearly goal, whether right. it's, uh, you know, uh, this commitment we've made to ourselves or something we want to improve, mm-hmm. um, you know, something, uh, charitable. Um, and then usually there's a business goal involved there too. Yeah. So, so you have your yearly broken down in, yep. into quarters and that's kind of, it. Yep. you take your yearly, break it down into your quarters. What can I do quarterly? Um, which, you know, traction that book would, would call those rocks. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. the big things that you have to move that you can't do in a day, a week, or a month. Yeah. But make a huge impact towards your goal, right? Four rocks a year? Yep, four rocks a year. But then, um, so then the monthly one's kind of just a quick overview of your yeah. weekly, but then the quarterly, what takes two or four hours? What does that look like? So that one's a big review of the quarter in general. Um, gotcha. No, we don't go over every week. We don't go every month or whatever, but did we get to where we want, like our quarterly goal um, did we, did we make that goal? Is it one quarterly goal? 
Like, yeah. do you have one quarterly goal that then, like, let's just use an example for like working out. Yeah. Is working out only a weekly goal or is it like this quarter I want to do, I want to run 20 miles or something. You know what I mean? Right. Whatever it is. Or is it, or is it like multiple quarterly goals and you've broken them up? Or just it, it, to, yeah, just it's, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, sometimes we, sometimes we do pick more than one, but mm-hmm. more than one is actually really hard to accomplish. Gotcha. If you think about like your focus, yeah. if you're focused on one thing, your odds of doing that at a high quality and high efficiency rate are like Pretty much low. better. Yeah. Right. So if you pick multiple goals, right. You may not hit them all. Right. And even if you do, it's the quality where you want it to be. So working out is a good example. Like my yearly one is perfect though. If you just said, do one, what's the main priority yeah. this quarter? Yep. What's at the top of that list? Yep. It, That's what you it works on. really, really well. So like last year, my goal was to uh, get some of my health numbers kind of in place. Mm-hmm. Um, because for my age, like I, some of the numbers and the blood work just weren't looking great. Um, and so I was like, I really need to get this under control. Um, and so, you know, like quarter one goal was, uh, let's say, uh, working out quarter two goal was I'm going to quit, quit drinking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, quarter three was I want to run five Ks, yeah. you know, and, and like they just kind of stacked on top of each other. And what I found is that when you build those habits in the quarter, they all of a sudden become somewhat automatic. Right. And so not only was I working out on a regular basis, all of a sudden I was not drinking right. and then all of a sudden eating I was better. eating well, yeah. and, you know, and then I was running five Ks and you know, it's just my life changed dramatically last year. I think my biggest struggle with something like that is I have a hard time. Like goals need to be longer than a week, a month and a quarter. But mm-hmm. for if you had one goal for an entire year that you focused on to me, I'd be like, Oh, it's a whole year that I have to focus on this. But doing that would be super impactful. Like yeah. your health and wellness, like you just said, right. It's hard. It's hard to look at it when you start something like it's February, all the people who had resolutions for January, yeah, they're gone. I'd be curious. <laughs> Yeah, um, I shouldn't say all people, but right, yes. right, right. Like, but like, it's like eighty-seven percent of it. Yeah. yeah, but like, we look. I personally, I don't look things years out. Like, if I had one goal for an entire year, think about and it would be massive. The amount you can accomplish in one year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, I like immediate like gratification to things, and I feel like that's running your system would be super helpful because you have a quarterly goal that you keep on track weekly yep. and then, you know, you kind of keep it all going. Yeah. Like if I have a goal of putting, let's say $500 in the bank by the end of the year, mm-hmm. right. Every day that goes by, I go, man, I got a whole nother 11 months. I got a whole nother 360 exactly. days, right? Yeah. It's, it's 500 bucks. I need to put in the bank by the end of the year. I'm just going to do it later. I want to buy this now. I want to do this now. But if I break that down into a weekly right. objective of right. let's say, let's say I, I want to put $2 a week in the bank, right? right? You know, like, like it, it just makes it a lot easier, a you'd lot be more a little short. Yeah, you'd be a little short. But yeah, like, for sure. You'd be a lot short. I get the concept. But... You'd have, um, yeah, I feel like it seemed, it's so simple, though, when you look at it that way, when you think, okay, here's what we want to accomplish right. in 12 months. I'm going to break that down into quarters and yeah. then weeks for each of those quarters. Right. Obviously, yours is different because if you miss a week, it's kind of like, all right, we did our best. It, it is whatever, but... 
Um, yeah, but the, the following week at that point is how do I catch it. up? Gotcha. Yeah. So like if I, if monetary is like, because it's measurable, is it such an easy one to talk about? Exactly. Right? You can see your end result. You can see your, your money grow. Vina is really good at this. Vina is a very good saver. Um, but yeah, it's just little increments. It's like, oh my God, this massive number at the end of the year is what I'm supposed to have in my bank account. And let's say I'm starting at zero. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you break it down into quarters and then what you have to do weekly, yeah, there's weeks you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how do you make up for that the next week? And that's kind of what you talk about at those weekly meetings. Yeah. You know, it's just, hey, what do I need to do this week to get me there? Mm-hmm. And have you, have you, when you started doing that, were you doing, did you start doing that with Vina? Um, I guess we should, so Vina's your wife. Yes. So just anyone who doesn't know. But so when you started doing that with Vina, did you do it at your business first? Or did you, are they two separate, really two separate things that it's interesting you ask that question because I actually don't implement that as well as I should have with my business. Mm. I've very easily integrated it with our marriage, but at the business side of things, it's, I don't know why it's a little more difficult for me. Hmm. Yeah. What is, what are the challenges you've ran into trying it with business, with your business? Um, I think there's a lot more moving parts, you know, um, there's a lot more things to focus on. And I, I think it's, uh, it's hard for me as a business owner to slow the team down to say, Hey, we need to do these weekly, monthly, quarterly meetings. Um, and not that it's not important. Right. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time kind of corralling that into, efficient meetings. And I think with a business, especially the business, our size, and to give you an idea, we do the revenue of a company twice our size and staff. Yeah. So we're busy, hardcore busy all the time. And so I think I can tweak that, but I also, um, I need to find a good rhythm for it. It's really hard to stay in the cadence of, of doing that. So it was just consistency kind of that was challenging for it. Yeah. Keeping the consistency for it. And then also, um, what if you scaled it back though? Like if you didn't, do you think it'd be less effective if you didn't do it in that format? No, I don't, I don't think it would be. I think the format would have to change when I bring it to the business for sure. I think the quarterlies are probably the most impactful. I think with the business that I operate right now, one of the businesses, um, I could probably do a quarterly and a monthly um, and, and be okay. Because um, we do our daily huddles, you know, that kind of thing. I, don't, right. I think a weekly meeting, um, we're too small to do a, a weekly meeting, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there'd be a lot of benefit to that. But um yeah, I think changing tweaking the the meeting format would would really be beneficial for that. If you were to set it up in your business, how would you set it up that would be different from your personal strategy? Like I said, quarterlies would be the focus. Well, like the initial goals, would you like you had oh. personal goals, how would you think you would set that up? Would it be monetary or would it be like what do you think? I don't think that monetary goals are good goals. No. Um, and some people might agree and some people might disagree. And I guess it depends on the intention behind what the goal right. is. Like if it's to save a, like a savings account or something like that for retirement, I, I think that's a fantastic goal. Right. Um, but as far as like hitting a revenue number, I think it's actually a really poor goal to have because yeah. to me in a business revenue is the byproduct of doing something well. Right. Focus right? on that. So if I can focus on doing something well, money should be mm-hmm. the outcome. It's a right. lagging indicator. Yeah. Um, so, for me, like a business goal uh, might be 
obtaining X amount of new customers or X yeah. amount of new users. If I'm running like a, like a software as a service business, mm-hmm. right. Um, those are really common ones in that, that space. Um, it might be something like, um, offboarding X amount of customers that we don't want anymore. Really? Like, like losing bad customers. God, that could motivate a team. Hey, you guys have isolated X amount of customers that you don't like. The goal this year is to get all of those off our books. Hmm. We don't want to work with them anymore quarterly what can we do you know and that's that's kind of a cool way um and like i said that's a really good team motivator too so yeah yeah what would you if as the owner of a business what like just an example what would you like to see team members goals be outside of like the one you just mentioned like what would be if you were looking at people's lists that they made yeah what would you go wow that's really cool they put that on there do you have anything you can think of just out of curiosity i know like your perspective of the business is quite a bit different from the team. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's funny you're asking me this question because you're asking me to like, um, be, be, I guess the word would be empathetic and like understand where somebody else sits. Yeah. Um, I just did a, uh, I've done a couple assessments and empathy is like one of my weakest things really? as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm like, I know exactly what their goals should be. There should be they what should be I they should be what I want, right? <laughs> um, but I, I think like from a leadership perspective, um, there's certain areas where I'm weak, and empathy is definitely one of them. Um, but I do think that I would like to see some personal goals on there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, outside, outside, yeah, of, outside of the business, like um, like personal, like let's say someone was in sales yeah. and their goal was like being more confident in sales. Yeah. Like that's, it's yeah. not a monetary goal. It kind of is, but it's also right. uh, growth in a right. different form. I would love to see someone go like, Hey, you know, I want to learn how to, you know, um, implement VLANs, right. On like for like from the intuitive side, mm-hmm. um, I would like to learn how to, um, oh, like uh, a service, like a technician trying yeah. to, to grow their right, knowledge exactly. as well. Yeah. Like personal yeah. goals and things like that. Like, I think those are really, really cool goals I, that we can work like, towards. So I get the weekly meeting might be overkill in some regard for there, but um, what has to happen before you start doing that? Like you said, in your personal world with Vina, it's improved, you mm-hmm. know, 10 times. Is there something that has to occur before you say, okay, we want to start doing this now? You said the team was smaller, maybe it was bandwidth, but is that all it is? Or is it, or is there like something else you think? I think that, um, or is it a matter of you just, implementing it no I, I don't think it's a matter of me implementing it i think that i need a i need a lot more growth as a leader before i can effectively lead a meeting like that um vina and i complement each other very well mm-hmm. um with our strengths and weaknesses and we just kind of know mm-hmm. like she understands me i understand her it's very clear i think i need to develop as a leader more and then also i think i need to get i would probably have to get the team's head wrapped around the importance of these meetings, why we're doing them, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. I probably should implement some kind of coaching program for them um, with an outside coach just to get them in the mindset of this, because like this can be a major shock to the system. Really? So it's been, um, it's been hugely impactful to Vina and I. Um, And we were ready for the change where I think like, you know, if I just slam something like this in place with the team, um, I think it could create a lot of waves that are unnecessary and maybe, maybe even some like uneasy feelings. Hmm. Um, so I think, you know, maybe getting some outside coaching for the team, um, to get them mentally prepared for a meeting like this would be, or meetings. See, like I look this. at it, I look at it from like, could he, it, it doesn't even have to be wildly outrageous. Like if you went, 
I don't know specifically the current team seats that they're you know they hold but yeah if you said hey we want to set a quarterly goal like, right you can make that whatever you want it to be yeah you know what i mean what, yeah. is, what does that look like to you guys yeah and then like you said a 15 your monthlies are longer than 15 minutes right if you were to if you were to not do weekly yeah yeah the monthlies usually end up being a half hour but that's also compacted with our yeah. our weekly meeting because i think you could get like from a, an owner's perspective you get some insights on what people want too yeah like if someone were saying, I wish I was more confident on server repair right. or something, you'd be like, okay, well, I know a lot about server repair. We're going to put you in here and right. you know, show you a bit more. But You know, I think that's somewhere, something interesting you brought up there that, that I've always struggled with um, being in my position is I've always viewed, viewed myself as like being equal to everybody else. So we're a team. We operate as one. Yeah. Um, I trust you. You trust me. You know, like I can tell you things. You can tell me things. There's a lot of transparency there. But over the last couple of years, I've accepted the fact that I have that boss title. Yeah. And I don't get a lot of feedback on certain things. That's mm-hmm. yeah, so what my thought would be if you could collect feedback from this. You know, it sounds bad, but if someone thought that they were just giving you a goal they were setting, they're telling you quite a bit more. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know. I think, I think like, for, for me, I, I feel like that uh, I don't get, like, when I ask for those things, I don't get extremely, like, authentic feedback from people, mm-hmm. um, on my team specifically. Um, but when somebody else asks on my team, they get authentic feedback. So, um, we had a, uh, office manager at one point, um, a couple years ago that was really, really good at getting the, cause, the our, our guys to talk, mm-hmm. you know? And she was like, man, the guys are having this problem. I'm like, well, why don't I know about that? And she's like, cause you're the boss. Right. They don't want to tell you about it. Yeah. They want to tell me about it. So I can tell you about it. I'm like, they understand that's the way it goes. And she's like, yeah, of it's course. a ladder, Zach. Yeah. You have to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, I, I think that's another piece that I'm working on is really bringing in, um, it's, it's kind of a scary move, but I'm, I'm looking at bringing in a manager here to uh, number one, shield me from jumping into the service side of things, mm-hmm. identifying needs and holdups in that, that section, but also getting me that authentic real feedback from the team yeah. that we need to grow. Mm-hmm. So to, just to kind of inter, interject for a minute, uh, what is it that your business is? Um, well, I have uh, Intuitive Technologies is my primary yeah. business. Um, we I call ourselves like a, a hybrid MSP. Um, we target basically small businesses that are too small for larger MSPs to want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a huge passion for the small business community. Um, there's a lot of really good people that need good it help Mm -hmm. and they're kind of caught in the middle at that point. You've got mom and pops that can execute to a certain point and you've got big MSPs that look at you and go, "Eh, you're too small. Right. So where do you go? You know? And, um, what does that size company typically look like? Anywhere 15 to 75 users. Okay. Um, you know, we go above that number too, depending on the client. Yeah. Um, we have a certain set of qualifiers that we have, um, for those clients, but, um, I mean, you know, small business is my passion and that's, that's where, um, that's where I want to keep our business. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really want to grow to where I'm dealing with C-level boards all the time with customers. Um, because a lot of decisions are not made at a personal level at that point. Yeah. I really like building the relationships with these people. I like to get to know the employees. Um, I like them to get to know our team mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just kind of becomes like a, a, a true partnership. Everybody talks about partnership. Oh, right. we're partners in this, we're partners in that. And you're not really partners. Like we tend to 
basically we're in business with these people. Right. If they're not operating, it's on us to get them up and going. We're the IT right. department, right? Right. If they're not going, they're not making money. And we care about that. Right. You know? So that so intuitive technologies, like I said, hybrid MSP. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer some break fix services. Um, we offer um, we do offer um, fully managed packages where it's like uh, includes licensing and all of the labor, and then we offer like a mid level package, which is the security licensing that you need, and then you pay for labor um, as you need the labor. With with this, when did so? Um, what's like the biggest? thing you see with business like what's the biggest lack of i should say this your support your it support with businesses where do you what do you do the most with them as is it just is it my computer's running slow or is it kind of more than that where like cybersecurity is a glaring issue right now right right, right. Where, we're we've worked on making a heavy push towards cybersecurity stuff um over do people the past not year. take it ser- like do people they don't really take cybersecurity that seriously do they no i mean it's um or is it a bigger issue it's, it's definitely a huge issue but like people don't take it seriously because there's a couple mindsets out there i actually wrote um kind of like a, a little pamphlet on this at one point about the, the the common mentalities the things that we hear frequently i have a mac i can't get a virus right right or like uh oh my business is so small nobody wants to attack me mm-hmm. right and the, the the idea is that there's actually like a person that's going, oh, that's the business I want to attack and take down. The guy that can't really doesn't have the resources to like negotiate any of it. Right. You, can you, has there ever anything happened that you can talk about, about like a, a cybersecurity attack? Yeah, oh, I could talk about it a lot for sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of them. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, I think that, uh, you know, one of the, I just kind of want to mention that the, the common misconception about it that I hear frequently is that our business is so small. Why would anybody want to mess with us? Yeah. It's not that somebody out there wants to mess with you. It's a computer basically that scans the internet and finds people. It's not a personal thing. Yeah. It just finds weaknesses, brings the weaknesses back to somebody. And that person goes, okay, exploit all of these weaknesses mm-hmm. on all these companies at one time. And see who bites the ransomware attack. Yeah. See who we can we can get. It's not a personal thing. Somebody didn't look up, uh, you know, uh, Todd Jones lawn care or something. Right. Exactly. And go. Yeah, that's the guy I want. Right. No, it's just gonna happen. And if you can't pay the ransom or you lose your business, they don't care. How are they getting it? How like typically how would that work? Or how does that look from an attack? Like what, what can people avoid? Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what happens? So basically a lot of times those ta- attacks happen over a weekend um, where they know everybody's out of the office so nobody can pull plugs, um, mm. especially holiday weekends, which are super exciting when those happen. Um, but um, basically you'll come into the office on Monday morning or Tuesday morning or whatever and nothing will work uh, or your, your, um, your servers are off. Um, you start them up and there might be a, a note on them um, or – the desktop background has changed completely saying something about a ransom and uh, you'll notice all the files have different extensions. So like a doc file or an Excel file might have a random generated character at the end of it. That's your files are encrypted. So yeah. How quick does that take? Like from, from obviously however they get in, whether it's an email or however, whatever's downloaded, but how quickly can that all happen? Oh, I mean like you can, you could, it's amazing. Like we a couple hours. Is that even too it, long? It, it, dep- it? it depends on the, the file size and how they're, how they're attacking you. But I mean, we've seen it before where we just see that we actually see the files changing. Really? Yeah. Like as you're looking at a yep. desktop and you're like, Oh, gotta, gotta do something. That's... Shut it down. 
I remember like early on before ransomware become became such like a public like knowledge thing, right. like seeing what was happening and going running down the hallway of our client and just yanking the internet cords out of things in the wow. server room. It was absolutely wild. So I know you had uh, asked about a couple stories. So That's I could crazy. I could definitely share on those for sure. Well, um, so then I know right now you're hybrid MSP. You work with businesses. How did yeah. this start? How'd you get into this? Into the business in general? Yeah, were you just or? always into computers? Like, were you good at it? Or like, what, what, what was that like? Yeah. Did you work somewhere before starting Intuitive Technologies or what? Yeah, uh, my early career um, in IT, I started at a small mom and pop's place. Great place to work. Great place to get my feet wet. Um, and it all kind of started with, with me noticing some holes in the... Um, in, in the businesses we were serving, we serviced homes and businesses, you know, small businesses. Um, and I noticed that like we weren't answering the phone or we weren't returning phone calls. Were you a tech there? Yeah, I was a tech there. Okay. And so I'd bump into people at the grocery store and get yelled at. Oh, really? But, like you didn't call me back and I've been waiting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Like, I don't know anything about this. Tell me about your problem. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to grocery shop on a Saturday night, man. Like right. I have no idea what's going on. And, um, I started noticing, I'm like, okay, this is a common theme. And it's a common theme that I hear from other businesses. Oh, my last IT, IT company, you know, it takes three days to call back. Yeah. I said, man, there's customer service gap here. Right. And what can I provide? I can provide customer service. I might not know what I'm doing all the time, right? but I can provide customer service. So I branched out on my own uh, after being at that company for a year. And I tried really hard to make them see the opportunities that they were missing out on because I really wanted to be a part of that team and grow that business. The original mom and pop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but when I branched out on my own, I said, you know, I'm going to do this ethically. Um, not going to take any of the customers from that list. I think that would be the worst thing I could humanly possibly do is take something that someone else worked their entire life for. Um, I'm going to go back to my job at jets pizza Mm -hmm. and I'm going to see if they'll let me put little signs up in the front. And so I, it was when those, uh, digital, uh, Picture oh, frames yeah, yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah, I remember those. And uh, so I had uh, created a couple ads for Jets Pizza on there. Um, probably wasn't supposed to do that because I didn't have <laughs> any of the licensing, <laughs> any of the or, licensing any of or whatever. But um, and then I put my ads in there. And so I started getting um, getting business uh, from those for home users. And I was like, man, this is great. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm fixing some home computers. What was that timeline like, though? So like stay where you're at with this, yeah. with the ads. But like so you decided to go back to work at Jets. Yep running ads for yourself. How long of a span of time was that? Was that six months where you started having a lot of business coming in? Was it long, a year, a year and a half? Or what do you, what do you think? I think it was probably about a year, maybe, maybe, maybe less than a year. Okay. Um, before, before I took off on my own. And, and I mean, that's a long time ago, Mitch. So that's uh, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Remembering I'm just it. curious of what that, like how quickly did it go really, really quick? I mean, I still feel like a year is quick for you to go from, back at a full-time job right. to then like being busy enough where you could almost be only doing your computer yeah, repair. I, I was really good at getting referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe it was about a year, maybe a year and a half. I still feel like it's less than a year though. Yeah. Um, but time also goes by really quick at that point. 
Right. But what I was doing, and I was probably lucky with this, is that the areas I was in, we were we were actually getting business owners and stuff that are were stopping by, like small business owners mm-hmm. picking up their pizzas, and you know, once again, they were sick of customer service that didn't respond, right. and so I was always available and always ready, and so I got the their homes fixed up and they were, Oh, you did such a great job at my house. Oh, that was your front door. The way. Yeah, why don't you come into the business? And I, I didn't intend that to happen, but what I realized quickly at that point was I'm dealing with things that I don't know much about servers and like, yeah, you know, I didn't really touch the first server until quite a ways into the, the career. Um, and that's a whole nother story. Uh, but yeah, I was getting into the, all these small businesses and really just, man, if I didn't get the job done, I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't getting the job done, I wasn't paying rent. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get it done. And so there are nights and there's still nights tonight, like, like now that, you know, I'll work till two or three in the morning. Right. I'm not the most skilled person ever when it comes to it stuff. I'm, you know, I'm a college dropout. I, you know, I have no technical like training in this field whatsoever, but I'm a really the good troubleshooter. hard knocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, that like, I just have this tenacity to like solve the problem, solve the problem. I have to fix it. Yeah. Sometimes it bites me. It did that over the Christmas break this year. I took a problem within an hour. I knew it was wrong, but I thought I could fix the problem. I spent probably pretty close to 24 hours working on the problem before I finally realized that I can't fix the problem. And I knew it in the first hour. So that still bites me on occasion when I make bad decisions like that. But um, yeah, just being able to bring a resolution. I always tell our guys, all that the client cares about their stuff gets fixed mm-hmm. it works at the end of the day yep. they don't care about all the technical jargon and how much you know about it they just want to know it's fixed mm-hmm. they want to be talked to on the in-between mm-hmm. you know they want to know what's going on along the way yep not too much not too little and that when the problem's done mm-hmm. when it's fixed yeah because i remember because when i worked with you it was always it, this sounds bad to say because there were things but like don't ever say no to a problem yeah. right it was like figure it out if we can't like if we've exhausted everything or there were situations where you couldn't do something, right? right. Like a computer was 15 years old. It was right. like, all right, look, that's a no to that problem. But um, it was basically IT support with white glove service. Yeah. You're going to tell us the problem and we're going to, is it your computer? Is it your internet service provider? Is it, what is it? And then we go back to the client and say, yeah, we figured it out. Yep. Here's what it is. Yep. Exactly. It's not, it's not overly complicated. It's really just narrowing down where the problem is. But it's ruined me. Because now, just the other day, I got a new, um, we got a new router. Yeah. Plug it in. I call Xfinity to get it set up. And they're, oh, well, the the issue's with your modem. Oh, okay. So you have to call Linksys. Okay. I call it. Nope. Everything looks good on our end. You got to call Xfinity back. Okay. I call. This was almost four hours. Yeah. And it turned out it was, um, Xfinity sent the wrong signal. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? That's all they did. So long story short, I called, you know, four times and finally, oh, they sent you this. They should have sent you this. I'm thinking, why shouldn't I should just call intuitive? I could have been back doing what I was doing. (laughs) You guys would have been handling all this. But that's right. Yeah, it was always. um, But it's even funny now because I, I still like even now I feel. I get so frustrated if I go to call a business and there's Uh no one there to answer the phone because of that. Drives me nuts. It's we we actually just had a chimney sweep come out, and so we called three companies. Two of them didn't pick up, didn't even call me back. The third company was the most expensive, and we said, "All right, they answered the phone. We'll go with you guys." Yeah, 
Isn't that amazing how you make a decision off of who answers the phone? Yep. That's, that's one of the concepts we started with was mm-hmm. that, um, when a customer is calling us, like, especially early on, not so much anymore, but you know, the, the small businesses that were calling us usually couldn't just, just couldn't get a hold of their current IT guy and they had a problem they needed solved right away. Mm-hmm. Like, and man, it is. It's, when we, it's red alert. when we could say, Hey, listen, we can't drop what we're doing right now, but I can be there in three hours. Yeah. They're okay waiting when you tell them that. Mm-hmm. But if they talk, if, if they tell it to an answering machine and don't get a call back or an email support, they're looking for somebody else. Yeah. If you got to send in an email yeah. asking a question when your stuff's on fire though, that's right. when it gets like, that's, I, I agree that they just need, different. The, they need the peace of mind and knowing of setting an expectation of, yeah, it might not be today. It's probably going to be tomorrow. And I, I wouldn't even say might, or probably I'll just say, Hey, listen, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, or mm-hmm. what time do you open? Right. You open at seven. Great. I'll be there at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. But the other thing, too, that I learned was even no news is news for a client as well, right? If you're working on a problem and it's four, mm-hmm. call them. Hey, it's I don't. Th- it's not going to be done today. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, beating our head up against the wall figuring this thing out, but we are working on this. Yeah. Sometimes think- people would be upset. That, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? But a lot of them would say, okay, thanks for calling. Appreciate the, appreciate the heads up. We'll, you know, talk to you in the morning yeah. or something. Yeah, I think that... Um- you know, like you said, no news is news to mm-hmm. the client. Yeah. And I, I actually love that that statement because I say something really similar to that is that when you don't update a client, the client updates themselves. Don't be called by the client is what you said. Right. I don't wait say, for the do, client to don't call. Don't wait for the client to call you yeah. because then you're on the defense. You have to answer the phone and yeah, answer sorry, their I went questions. To call you. I went, meant to call you. Yes. And I hate that. I hate yeah, it. No, you didn't. If you yep. meant to call me, you would have called me. Yeah. So what's the status, right? So if you call the customer, they're all of a sudden, they're in a different mindset. They're right. willing to receive information at that point. Yep. They're on the defense mm-hmm. and you can answer their questions before they ask them and guide the conversation, which puts you in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. So when you're in a situation that you're out of control or you don't know what you're doing, yep. if you call the customer first and say, hey, listen, I've never seen this problem before. Yep. I'm working really hard on it, and these are the things that I'm doing. I'm not going to get too technical on it, right. but it doesn't look like I'm going to be done today, but I am working on this right now for you. Right. I'm hoping to have resolution by you know, 10 a.m. I'll 10, call you yeah, back tomorrow 10 before yep. 10. Exactly. Yep. Does that work for you? Client can't say no. No. Yeah, I guess that's reasonable. That's fine. I would say like 98 out of 100 people would be just no problem. Thanks for helping. Yeah. Like that often. Exactly. Excited about that. But if you wait for the client to call you, mm-hmm. they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. Plus, it may, I always felt like you always had a lot of work going on. So mm-hmm. if someone were to call, you'd have to find the ticket, figure out where it was at if you didn't know it right away. So anytime we touched anything, it was just call them and let them know. Yeah. I'd rather annoy them with the updates than not update them enough. Right. You know, right. Feed them, let them tell you, Hey, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't need this many updates. That right? never happened though. People liked it. People like being informed. People want to know it's their business. Yeah. You know, I want to know about my business. Yeah. But even now, even that, even like when Courtney and I were planning our wedding, we had vendors we'd call. Yep. Courtney would get up mad at me because she would, I'd be like, well, they didn't call us back. I didn't hear from them for three or four days. Right. I'm not interested. You know what I mean? I'm just not interested. And she'd go, well, they're the best. You need to, you know, we need to go with them. And I thought, no, because if I need anything from them and it's three or four days, I don't want this to be the initial picture that they're painting of what it's like to work with them. If they're the best, they can afford an answering service. Yeah, but you've ruined me for it. Yeah, <laughs> you've ruined me for it. But so going going back, so you were at Jets. You, it was about a year and a half in, give or take. Yep. Then what? Then what? What'd you do? What um, 
Yeah. Then, uh, I, I branched off on my own, um, and really just kind of dove into doing this full time. So, um, you, you know, were out, I, working out of your house. Yeah. I was, have- I was working out of my house. Um, my wife and I had just gotten married and, you know, that was part of the reason I, I, I think I did another stint at jets to make some extra cash for the wedding. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, so Vina and I got married or whatever, and we, uh, moved into a little condo and I used the second, um, bedroom as an office. And, uh, I was like, man, I'm like, things are going well. And then all of a sudden, um, one of our home clients got us into their business without, without me realizing what I got myself into still our biggest client today. Mm. And I can tell this story because I've told the owner this story recently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been what 11 years and I never told him the story, Yeah, but, um, got into the meeting and realized quickly, like I'm outmatched here. I'm like, they what got, was the meeting about? Like, they what, got, well, they, they just want a new just IT a, provider. Okay. Yeah. They want a new IT provider. So just an great. interview with yeah, you guys to manage there. Yeah. So I'm looking around going, you know, show me around and like, they show me the server rack. I'd never seen a server rack before. Mm, to like, the ceiling. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world is this thing? I'm like, oh yeah, that, oh yeah, those are switches. You know, this is like a, it looks like your firewall here and just kind of like BS in my way through it a little bit yeah. and come to find out they need an exchange migration. I didn't know what exchange was. I knew it had something to do with email. I didn't know what a server was. That was different times though, because it wasn't exchange like it is now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Totally where different. Where you have online exchange where yep. it's a little different. Yeah, this, this was, was all on in-house yep. server ho- hosting everything, yep. right? Yep. No clue what I'm doing. I was like, yeah, I think that job should take me about 40 hours. And uh, they go, okay, cool. When can you start? I'm like, uh, how about next weekend? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got there on Friday. I said emails were going to go down. And without any knowledge of or history of working on servers or exchange, I had them up and going by Monday. You did have them up? Yes. <laughs> um, probably the biggest risk I've ever taken in my career. But I, at that point, I really didn't have anything to lose. Right. Your name was still smaller, right? Or, yeah. Or, I guess that sounds bad. You don't want to say like you didn't want to do a bad job. But you no, were, I did, of course I didn't want to do a bad job. You kind of have to take risks. But though. yeah. I, and like I said, today, they're still our biggest client. So, um, wait, was it 40 hours or was it like every oh, bit no, it, of that 72 hour weekend? I didn't leave. I was there 72 <laughs> hours. Um, and I was sweating most of the time because I was like, oh my God, this is not going to go well. Um, but yeah, I, uh, we got them up and going and then we signed a monthly agreement with them, um, to service them on, on a regular basis. At this time, was it just you still? Yeah, it was just me. It was just me. And so, um, that really opened the door to me going, oh God, I need help. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought, you know, early on, I thought you just hire people and they just do their work. They work. Yeah. Uh, come to find out here, and it's taken me a long time to learn this, that people need direction. They yeah. need to understand the rules of the game that they're playing. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't know how to play. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's been an awesome journey. Um, from there, I guess I moved into a small office, took my first risk and opened a small office. Was that the one at Elizabeth Lake? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I did that. And then uh, moved into a bigger office from How there. How many team members later. when you first got into Elizabeth Lake? It was just me and another person. Yeah, it was me and one person. And then uh, I realized Matt was moving back to town. So yep. I said, Matt, why don't you come work with us? And so he, because I knew I could trust him. Um, and he came and, so yeah. So was it like four four people at that office, right? Elizabeth yeah. Lake, give or yeah, take? Yeah, four, and four was tight. I mean, thank God one of us was on the road all the time, right? Because... Um, would have been tight in that well, i think it was no more than 400 square feet mm-hmm. it seemed big though it did 
<laughs> as big as 400 square feet you can see yeah but uh we were google back then yeah <laughs> uh it was awesome working there um and then uh we got the bigger space so i think two or three years after that and then two or three years after that we bought the space we're sitting in right now mm-hmm. and um yeah we're even bigger but less people in the building so because mm-hmm. everybody's remote now. remote now yeah. do you like that better remote do you would, wish it was back to people in an office, or do you like it better? I love the energy of people. Yeah. I always say that about what we do at Intuitive Technologies, is that um, if it weren't for the people, I wouldn't do this job. Yeah. Um, I don't love computers that much, but at the same time, I get to sit there and meet people, mm-hmm. talk to people. Um, and so I do miss the energy of having people in the office, um, which is kind of why you know we talked about a little bit earlier that I'm looking at jumping into like creating a mm-hmm. co-working space yeah. with, the, with the space. Um, which I'm super excited about. Your initial cool. thoughts with that, uh, are you looking for individual desks or offices or what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination of both. Um, I think it's going to be some individual offices for the people that need kind of more of a permanent area. Mm-hmm. But I also want to create a space where like newer people can come and like a, when I say newer, I suppose like uh, starting their businesses, right. you know, can come and work at an affordable Right. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of people, friends of ours say like, man, like our job is entirely remote and I'd like two days out of the, out of the house. I don't like working remote. Like, so we work yeah. from home a lot and I, I don't know why, like our setup is great. Everything's cool. I just feel like I'm so distracted all the time. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. Oh, with I got to go grab the mail. Oh, yeah. I got to go grab this. Or, What's in the refrigerator? Same thing that was there five minutes ago. Yeah. When I checked, it's just, right? it's terrible. But, um, yeah, I think that that's really cool. I'd be curious what the um like layout would look like being in here what your plan is once it gets going yeah i'm kind of curious about that myself (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fun though i think it'd be really cool yeah i think it's gonna be a lot of fun um it's a lot of work i mean um you know i I think part of my hesitation on it right now normally i wouldn't hesitate on something like this is the time commitment that it will take to get a place like that up and going yeah um you know it's a whole new venture um i'm learning something entirely new uh, which is, it's, it's, it's a type of business I've never managed before. Right. You know, so unfortunately uh, I got a couple of people that I can call that, that would have good, um, insight into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, man, oh man, on top of getting a building ready, I got to start a new business. Yeah. But what businesses have you failed at so far? Well, I mean, I guess talk about <laughs> fa- failure from a, uh, I guess what standpoint? Um, there's you survived been, there's, your worst situations so far. Yeah, that that's a fun one. If you want to talk about that, we can talk about that. That <laughs> was that was it. fun. Go for um, it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll just go into that, and then I'll talk about my failures. Sure. Um, what was it? 2021. Yeah, uh, August. <laughs> August. Uh, oh, I blacked out the date, but August of 21. Uh, our company started getting phone calls for, Hey, are you guys logging into our computers right now? I said, no, absolutely not. We're not doing anything like that. Just through your, through your, through our remote support. Tool. Yeah. The remote yeah, yeah, viewer. Cause it's popping up on their computer all the time and they're not used to seeing that happen automatically unless you're on the phone with them yeah. typically. And so we just said, click on no, click on no. We'll figure out what's going on. We just thought it was a glitch with an update in the system. Yeah. What we quickly learned was that um, we were being attacked. So there had been a breach through the remote system that we use, um, and someone was able to back channel into that and then deploy malicious code against every single one of our computers for every single one of our customers. 
the exact same date, the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there are 10 to 15 hit with uh, actual like ransomware. Mm -hmm. Um, 50 to 60 actually staged for it, like prepped for it. Wow. And I use those numbers just off, you know, off the top of my head. I yeah. don't know if they're accurate or anything like that, but, um, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and oh my God, I was like, I remember sitting there at the, 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 the place that, that we, th- we thought it started from because they were, yeah. the, they were the first hit. Right. Plus we noticed like all the stuff came from their IP address. I'm going, what's happening. And then all of a sudden my phone rings and I'm like, God, I'm like, who's calling me now? Congratulations, Mr. Bodie. You've you're, you've gotten accepted offer on your house in Traverse City, you know, for the Airbnb. So you're sweating bullets. I'm sweating just bullets. Sweating even. More. And then I'm like, oh my god, I'm like at this other business. This business is failing. How, yeah. how am I gonna? This business is not gonna survive this attack. How can I uh, purchase an Airbnb building and do all this stuff? So it was really kind of right funny timing. But um, so I remember specifically going. Well, this ought to be fun to track how much time I work in these next four or five. Yeah. The the next weeks. Right. Yeah. I stopped tracking at week one because it was depressing. It was 152 hours. I'm not kidding. When I was saying like, thank God there was a hotel behind my office at the time. And, uh, I was going over there and I thought it was ironic that they were giving me the funeral rate because I was going there so night. And I'm like, I'm like, that's not funny because you know, that might actually be a funeral after this. I I don't know. (laughs) Right. And so I'm like, I just need a place to nap. And they knew I was going in and out like for maybe a half hour to an hour on tops. Um, And so it was the craziest 152 hours of my life. Um, And honestly, I think at about day three of this um, with no sleep, I was thinking this isn't going to end well for me Mm. and that's okay. I need to keep on going for the people that I've made commitments to keep going. Right. And every one of these small businesses, I don't care if I make zero money. I don't care if we go out of business. I don't care if we go bankrupt. All of these businesses need to be up and going Mm -hmm. because I've made the commitment to them. But wasn't the actual attack not as bad as you initially thought because you didn't know right away? It turned out being not horrible. It just could have been, right? If I remember. We, uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. Right. If that, if ransomware was actually launched against every single one of those customers, right, that would have been a nightmare. It would have been an absolute nightmare. And it was still a nightmare. Right. But at the same time, the ones that were not hit, we could unplug the internet from and we could have them operate to a certain extent without internet. Yeah. Right. Um, which was the best we could come up with at the time. Um, we quickly formulated a plan for restoring, uh, backups, uh, and implementing that. And uh, we just got to work. And so everybody on the team rallied up and did a really good job of bringing customers back up online. Um, It was very chaotic in the office. I had a new office admin answering phones. Thank God for her at that time. She was was only going to be there temporarily to help out bridge a gap, basically, until someone new started. And she got stuck in the middle of this thing. I remember looking at her going, I'm so sorry you're coming into this, but I need your help. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do I tell people? I go... Tell her you'll get them an update. Tell me you'll get them an update the second you can. Right. Like, Give me the list of people to call, and I'll do my best. But you know, from a strategic standpoint, thank God I had my business coaches um, because they were a, a nice peace of mind during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, what a good resource! Uh, whether it's someone that I needed to call to just vent for a mm-hmm. quick second, or I needed actual strategy. Um, and where the strategy came in place is that we were able to identify 
quickly the people that we needed to retain if our business was going to succeed and priority prioritize the list based on that. And the crappy part is that I love all of our customers the same, whether you spend a dollar a year with us or a million dollars a year with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ones that had to wait knew they knew they had to wait, Mm -hmm. but I was getting so much encouragement from them. I I remember one specific client was texting me every day. Hmm. Hey, we're waiting. We're okay. You've got this. Keep your head up. Keep going. I was like, oh my God. Years of, of she, she had her business down for four weeks waiting for us. Wow. I was like, that, that, I'm like I, I called her in the middle of it and said, listen, you've got to find somebody else to do this. I go, I'll do it. But I'm, I go, I can't hold your business up like this. We're down, down? Down, down. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, nope, we're waiting for you and only you. I'm like, oh my God. Out of that whole thing, I think we lost two clients. Yeah. I fired one mm-hmm. and one just made a decision to go somewhere else, which is fine. Um, but that's... Yeah, so playing it through, it was it was chaos in the moment, yeah. but luckily it all worked out. But, you know, now on, on the, the heels of, of stressing that relationship with all those people, I have to come back bigger and better. Right. You know, I, we, we cannot come back and be the same company. No. How do we prevent this? How do we do? How do we change these things? And how do we get better? So it was a huge learning experience. Terrible, terrible thing to go through. But... Oh my God, the, the other side, I'm like, look at the possibilities of the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Look at the responsibility that we have to the customers now that stayed with us through this. Right. So just makes you better. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, put us up against any other IT company pretty much in this area at least. And I can almost guarantee nobody has the experience we have when it comes to that. Yeah. Nobody has the dedication. Most of the guys would have turned off their phone. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, have it forwarded to their attorney's office. And good luck. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So then for you guys, or I guess in your own opinion, what, why is it smarter to hire intuitive technologies versus just hiring a team member if you were a business? What do you mean hiring a team member? For them to bring some, like if you were a business with, say, 50 people, oh, they partner with you guys yeah. over... Hiring someone internal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, really good uh, point of this. Um, we just ran into this with a... Uh, local municipality actually working on the project right now. Mm-hmm. This poor guy. Um, it's hard to get a hold of. I'm like, why is this guy so hard to get a hold of? He's the IT director for the city. They hired one guy to do a job that five, at least five should do. Right. And I think that the, the challenge there is a lot of times people don't see what we do. They can't physically see the product. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that a lot of stuff it's happens on the back end. Right. It's, uh-huh. it, we're it's mostly back. Yeah, we are supposed to be invisible people. Right. You're not supposed to know who your IT guy is, really. Right. Um, and when you see them, they're not doing a very good job, right? right. Um, we have a little bit different model. We want you to see you. We, we, right, you want to have We want to have the relationship, right? Relationship. Um, but people underestimate how much time certain things take. So this facility I was at the other day was their smallest one. There were five or six computers, and I'm looking at this going, oh, this is easy five, ten hours a, a month of, of work here. I go, how often does your IT guy work on your, your systems here? They go, well, maybe an hour every quarter, maybe a couple hours every quarter. We're really low maintenance. And I'm going, this is how our customers, potential customers, value our time. And it's not that they don't value it. It's just more that they don't understand right. how much time is actually involved in make sure all the firmware is up to date, right. make sure all the patches are on, making right. sure that the Wi-Fi is secure and all, all these other crazy things that we right. need to do. Right. So I think that like, that's the benefit when it comes to hiring 
us is you're hiring a team of individuals that can give you 24 seven coverage Mm -hmm. versus one person that's going to be extremely stressed out. Right. Right. Um, on top of that, our generally our fees are going to, you're getting more coverage for the same or less money. Right. You hire an internal bandwidth. Yeah. You've got a guy that might want to work 40 to 50 hours needs four weeks vacation, um, you know, needs PTO or whatever the health benefits, all all that stuff. Right. 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 And then, so what do you do with the other remaining hours in the week that do you you care? Do you care about talking numbers? No, I don't care. So an IT specialist, let's say, what is the average salary for an IT specialist? Yeah, it really depends on region. Just like, 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 let's say local to here. Let's say, let's say it was a company with 50 team members, Yeah, 50 computers and, um, I don't know enough about servers to know what a 50 person team member b- would be, but like, let's right. say they had an on-site server yep. hiring an individual to kind of manage that. Yeah. So you're probably looking anywhere and, and this is me not knowing that job market yeah, specifically just very like well, roughly. but I'd be guessing anywhere between, I don't know, 60 to $90,000. You might push six figures depending on the need. Plus then your benefits, plus then yep. the PTO. PTO. So for you guys at like 50 computers per person, what would right. that? Obviously it does vary depending as well, but what would that look like? Yeah, we charge by the workstation. Yeah. And so you're looking at about 150, 155 per workstation. Yeah. So whatever the math is on that, what is that? 3,000 per 20, so 6,000, a month. Yeah, a little over depending, right? yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that that's about what you're looking at, right? But you're also... Not one person, you're right? A, you're a team of individuals. Right. So when someone has a problem, they call and they talk to a person. Yeah, yeah. you have a okay. This is a remote issue. Mm-hmm. We're a managed client, so mm-hmm. we're going to see you minimum, or I'm sorry, maximum within 24 hours, yeah. right? Yeah. So the problem's resolved. Your guys are going. Right. Um, yeah. Interesting. I think you know the other thing people look at that price tag and you go, okay, so let's round it up for math's sake to eight thousand right. dollars a month. You're looking at ninety six thousand dollars a year, and you go, yeah, I can hire somebody cheaper than that. Yeah, you can absolutely. Right. What that doesn't include though is all the licensing for the security products, right? Monitoring, patching. Right. Um, what happens management. when that person leaves and you guys right. are are with no one for yep. however long it takes to find another individual that can exactly. do this job. So, I mean, like our pricing really includes all of the things that we think you need, whether it's the EDR, next-gen antivirus, the um, uh, email protections mm-hmm. for anti-account takeovers and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So when you include all of those things in that, that product, it's like, a no-brainer. all of a sudden you're spending, you're hiring your guy, let's say at $80,000 a year, Yep. right? And then all of a sudden he goes, hey, in order to do my job effectively, I need these licenses. Yep. And these licenses are going to cost us 50 to $60 a month per computer. Right. Right. So just do the math on that. All of a sudden you're right. above and beyond what we would charge. Mm-hmm. Plus you only have them for 40 to 50 hours a week. And you have one individual yeah. versus a small team, a team yeah. of five or more. Exactly. On top of the, 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 usually individuals need outside support too for firewalls and things like that. They bring in bigger MSPs to help with um, managing certain gotcha. infrastructure. Gotcha. So they have the one internal plus then yep. a potential outside MSP. Third, third party. Yeah, third party. Or you guys so. manage all of it. Yeah, we manage all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's tough to see that big into it because when stuff's working, you don't really care how it no, works. No, it's when the fire about, starts. Yeah. That's when the, the... I was just in New York at a business conference talking to somebody about this. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, your IT guys are really good when you don't see them, right? And I go, when you know they're really, really good is when you need them 
and how they how they respond to it and how they react to it, right? right? So it was a it was a fun conversation. Now, when you're doing when you're like just out of curiosity, when you're going into like a sales meeting with a potential client, do you look at factors of if you guys were all down, how mm-hmm. much are you spending per minute? being down yeah we do try or is to that talk. not as big is that like it seems like a weird number to know but out of just curiosity is that something yeah it's something that i'll calculate on occasion once i know the customer a little better and their revenue gotcha um, so it's, it's not like, an initial thing yeah i mean like one of our clients it, it costs them i think upwards of sixty thousand dollars an hour when they're down wow right so all of a sudden you become a no-brainer yeah it's like holy crap we got to get you up and going because yeah i'm at that point we're costing you money you know, and that's, that's not good. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Two hours, $120,000. Who's paying that bill. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fun one to calculate, but that's not something I really push on with the sales. Uh, when it comes to sales, like if I'm talking about all the cool products we have and, you know, the ransomware attacks we've been through and how we got through all that stuff. And those are good stories to tell, but at the end of the day, it's all about the service yeah. and your experience with intuitive technologies. And that's part of what makes this really unique. And it's what takes a really unique customer to work with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got to want that relationship. Yeah. So they don't want that relationship. That's fine. Go hire an IT company out of California or something like that. It can right. do everything can remote. remotely. And yeah, and that's fine. You'll probably find them cheaper too, to tell yeah. you the truth. But at the same time, when you're looking to build a partnership with somebody, mm-hmm. somebody that cares about you or that you can call and go, hey, you know, things are really tight right now. Can you support me for a month? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. How, how can we work this out? How can we work with you to make this palatable for both of us? Because we're in this th- together. Right. Don't find that everywhere. You know? No. Well, so for you guys with your goal, what's your goal in terms of, um, do you have a goal of how many clients you want to manage before you continue growth? Or what does growth for intuitive technologies look like right now? Yeah. Um, Growth for intuitive technologies has to come in a couple different directions. Number one, we need to grow and scale the team, mm-hmm. right? We're probably at a ceiling of the amount of work that we can handle without adding new team members. Gotcha. Right? And so I talked a little bit ago about hiring for like a manager position, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then I need another technical person, right? Um, so I need those in place before we start really, really pushing on getting um, uh, more more clients. Yeah. Um, but after we get those team members on board and in place, it's really scaling the a lot of the MSP packages, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's that managed light version that I talked about where it's base coverage and the services charged for separately, or if it's fully managed. The challenge with uh, break-fix customers that, that I try to articulate for them is that it's all reactive. Is that break-fix? Is that business clients, right? You- yeah, so if someone was like, yeah, we don't want a monthly. We just want to call you with a problem. Yeah, we want to call you when something's broken, right? Gotcha. So what MSP tries to do is we try to, like, MSPs try to structure their businesses for predictability. Right. When there's predictability, there can be profit. Mm-hmm. Without predictability, you're just responding and reacting to everything that happens, right? Right. Um, and so break-fix customers disrupt that model because their problems are no less important than someone else. Right. They're immediate. Yeah. Their needs, but there was never any anticipation of a problem there. Mm-hmm. If you're not managed and you're not monitored, um, you know it could have been a preventable problem. Right, it's more reactive. Yeah, and proactive it's like, and like prevention. Yeah, we didn't know there was a problem there, so of course now it's a problem, and right. it's a right now problem. Now right? is that part of what you guys do? Like you'll go in and go, hey, this 
is it like we just want to get make sure all your computers are fully up to date so what you mean is like if your updates aren't ready and something else updates and it breaks you're now reacting to this yeah without being able to say well we didn't even you know we haven't done anything before this happened right, right. I, I think like it's when yeah, when you're a break fix customer, if I'm understanding your question correctly, so like yeah, like we have no insight into what's going right, on. It's you, like it's like a, think about a car mechanic. He's got no idea that your car is going to fail driving down the road, right. right? So you just take it to him, and all of a sudden you dump it in the shop and go, "I need this fixed. I need broke. it fixed tomorrow." Yeah, because I got to go to work. Yeah, and the mechanic's going, "Dude, I got a bunch of other customers in here right now. Like, like hold on a second, right?" Yeah. What we can do as an MSP is we basically, if you think about like the way that some of the newer cars are coming out, like especially like monitoring. Tesla, right? There's monitoring on them, right? There's being sent signals are being sent back to Tesla right. with data. Right. Um, we basically take that data and go, okay, there's a potential problem here. Let's get ahead of that and fix it before it causes downtime. Mm -hmm. So that's a predictable model right. where brake fix is completely opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, their problem is no less important to them and it's just as urgent but we didn't know anything about it. And so now it's on our lap. We've got our day planned already doing projects for things. So other stuff doesn't break for our managed customers. Right. Where do we fit in a break fix at that point? Do you then like, do you do break fix stuff right yes, now? Yes, we you do. will still Dep do it. Highly dependent on the customer. Okay. Highly dependent. So like if a, a random business called you and said, my computer's running slowly, mm -hmm. you would say a, send them somewhere else or what, what would that look like no i mean we're, look we're gonna go look at it if it was it's gonna get scheduled gotcha we're gonna go look at it um if it's a 911 uh i usually try to vet the business a little bit find out who i'm talking about if they're frantic if they're calm if they're you know what level are they in the business mm -hmm. um how big the business is uh, because usually that's a great way for me to establish trust yeah you go and in and fix the problem exactly and, and that opens the door for a sale you right? and they like you and yep Exactly. But I mean, we we're really looking for a certain set of qualifiers, right? We're looking for uh, customers that are going to trust us. Number one, mm -hmm. high trust. I don't want a lot of the back and forth stuff because it's a huge waste of time. What do you mean by that? Um, you need to trust me that I know what I'm doing and that yeah. I'm leading you in the right direction. Right. And that's got to happen very quickly. Yeah. I don't want to have a lot of meetings about trying to convince you that the security product is what we use and this right. is why we use it. And I don't want to argue with you about it. Right. Right. I can explain it. No problem. Right. But, but if they have a better idea or they think they know more than you, you'd rather just say, this won't work. I'm okay having the conversation once. Right. But I don't want to have three, four, five, six meetings with it. Let's make a decision and move on. Yeah. Right. Um, so high trust is one of those qualifiers. We want someone that values their technology. Um, there's, uh, you know, we're really heavy in the construction industry. Mm -hmm. And so um, some, of the, some smaller construction places, even some larger ones, see technology is just kind of a, 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 like a, not so much a necessity, I guess a nice to have, right? Yeah. It's a convenience where the customers we really are focusing our attention on are people that value the technology. Prioritize it as the direction. Yeah. And what we've noticed about those businesses is they, they're far larger right. and more profitable, more revenue than the other ones that don't. Right. So we tend to like to work with those customers that value the technology and are willing to invest in the systems that, you know, build their company. Um, and we also look for, there's some revenue requirements or size requirements, I should probably say. Yeah. Um, you know, we look for companies that are 15 to 75 computers. Mm -hmm. That's ideal. Um, and then, uh, the last one I always mentioned this one is we just flat out want to work with you. Right. That, that's a huge qualifier for us. That's probably, I, I always say that one last for some reason. It's the most important. 
if you've got three computers and we just want to work with you, yeah, we might push the requirement away that hey, you have to have fifteen to seventy five. Right. It's just I, I want to. We want to work with good people. I want to work with people that are going to treat my team well. Yeah. If you treat my team poorly, no, not yeah. having it. Yeah, it's, yeah. We're just not taking on clients like that. I'm sorry. Go treat someone else poorly. There's a lot of people you can abuse out there. Our team's not one of them. Yeah. You know, we care about what we do. We do a good job. There's no mm-hmm. no need to treat us poorly. So then if you look back at your growth, what do you, did something happen that you think that you could talk about that helped you grow the quickest? Was there a point when you look back and you say, okay, I was learning, 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 and then you learned it. And yeah. now all of a sudden growth took off. Is there something that you can look back at and say like, this is a, a specific example of something that happened? Yeah. Um, or I a think, lesson learned, I right? It could be anything. Yeah. I, I honestly think Mitch that, when you get out of your head about what you're delivering and think more about how you're delivering it and what the recipient feels Mm -hmm. in the engagement, like uh, I talk about experience a lot because that's one of my, our core values here. And it's one of my personal core values is just experiences everything. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't have to technically know what I'm doing from a standpoint, but if I can make you feel good about the process and happy with the process, you don't care as long as the end result happens. Yeah, as long as it's fixed. Right. right. So really when we started introducing that to small businesses, mm-hmm. um, everything think, changed. Uh, yeah. Everything like we got our foot in the door with that one big business and they loved our service. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what we did from a technical. They didn't say, Oh my God, these guys are the greatest it guys ever because they know so much. Right. They go, I work with a really cool guy. Yeah. He's really cool. I work with a really nice guy and you should probably talk to him. And then all of a sudden we started picking up other businesses and bigger businesses. And you know, it's like, it just really kind of sprawled out from there. So really being consistent in your delivery of an awesome experience, Mm -hmm. um, is really what helped us grow to this point. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, then there's always different challenges along the way, different things you need to focus on. So like right now, like I said, it's leadership for me. How do I become a better leader? Yeah. Am I ready to lead a larger team? You know? So to kind of jump into that a little bit, you said you had a lot of business, coaches yeah what can you talk about them a little bit yeah um got very fortunate to have my business coaches um i had a i'll call him like a a general business or strategy coach um uh he was fantastic um and very patient very patient man uh he uh he was a referral from one of our really large customers and should have never taken on a client our size uh because we're very very small oh really oh very small the guy travels around the world for coaching, like travels around the world for mm-hmm. coaching, um, large executive teams, you know, six, seven, eight figure businesses, no problem. You know, wow. like it's just, yeah, like he's, he's great. So I was very fortunate to have him on my team for a couple of years, um, and helped develop me as a leader. And then, uh, I had a coach culture coach actually. I mean, I knew her in high school and that, I think that kind of helped, um, her understand my mentality a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a added bonus, a little sugar on top. Um, but she helped me kind of realize some of the, the, like we talked about empathy a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lack a lot of empathy and, um, you know, she kind of helped me exploit that a little bit and also kind of understand how to work with that. Not necessarily change it, right? but just how to be aware Leverage of it. it into something that's yeah, helpful. How to be aware of like, like when I'm having a conversation with somebody that like, I don't see how they feel about the situation. I just know I, like I want to fix and I want it done right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well now I can step back a little bit and look, okay, well if I say this or do this, 
you know, it's probably not going to be received very well. So how can I change this a little bit? You know, these are all little tweaks and stuff. Developing empathy. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever fully develop it. I think it's just something that I I generally lack, but learning to cope with it Mm -hmm. is, is just as important as developing it. Because I think I can hire somebody that'll have that naturally. Right. It, with me, it'll come off a little more forced. Like it'll seem like I'm trying the to the hammer something. in the toolbox. But pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Not, not real smart. You can <laughs> swing me and hit things. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the business coaches were life changing. Um, and there's a lot of thoughts on this, um, you know, for business coaches against business coaches. And really to me, um, to be clear, they are not a therapist, but to me, it's like therapy. The only people that benefit from therapy are people that are ready to be benefited by therapy. Yeah. If you're not ready for a business coach, don't hire one just because someone decided to hire one. Yeah. You got to be open-minded enough to receive the information. You might like what you get. You might not. The coach might not be a fit. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I was with both those, uh, coaches, I think one for two and a half years, one for two years or, or maybe a year and a half. Um, but I will go back to them at some point. Um, because it, it was just awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and you know, the other thing I would say about coaches, cause Vino was a, um, certified life coach. She oh, yeah. started her, her, uh, coaching business during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'll say about coaches is that people expect a coach to be like an instant fix. And I know I did. And I was like six months like in, to put I'm all like, the pieces together. Yeah. Like, 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 Oh, coach is going to come in, change the way we do things in six months. I'll be golden. Yeah. No, no, no. Two years later. I am still remembering conversations two and a half years later. I'm still remembering conversations we had and going, yeah, now that makes sense. Now I'm learning from that thing that we talked about two and a half years ago. And that's why I say like, thank God for my coaches having patience because that is a thankless job. Do you think it took you that long to comprehend the message they were delivering or is it kind of like with the business coach, you're reworking everything you think, you know, starting from the bottom type thing where it just takes a while to kind of, I think you're you reworking there. a lot of your framework and your mindset that got you to the place you were at. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you think about like an experiment that you run on like a mouse or, you know, some kind, of, they some do kind of experiment. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, an animal is going to go back to the same thing over and over and over again that gives them the result. Right. right? They're just going to do it and it's going to become repetition. And so what coaches helped me do is recognize patterns in what I was doing because what I was doing wasn't going to be able to, like, I was not going to be able to scale the business. Like toxic patterns, patterns you need to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I mean like even patterns that just flat out need to be realized. Yeah. So what got me to, let's say, um, three quarters million in revenue or a half million in revenue mm-hmm. was not going to get me to the million dollar mark. Yeah. Impossible. So we needed to reframe a lot of the inner workings in my thought process mm-hmm. and to undo the habits that I created over the last, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years. That's a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah, it takes a long time to do that. Especially when, it, when those habits did get you to where you were at. So exactly. it's like, that's why mind, I use that example. Thinking, it's working, yep. but not at the rate is it. I right. need it to. So, so that's to. why I use the example of the experiment is that the mouse goes, it's working. I'm getting that sugar. I'm getting whatever, whatever that reward is. is every yeah. time I go here, I don't need to do this a different way. But then when you make the maze longer or extend the, the you know, like move the candy or whatever it is, right. they got to find a new way. Mm-hmm. And the coaches kind of help you find that new way. Yeah. Yeah. So initially when you decided to go to find a business coach mm-hmm. was, did something happen for you to say, I want to do this? Or was it kind of like, so you had said that one was a referral where you like, well, I'll just give them a call and see what this is all about. 
No, I was, re- I was ready. Um, I was reaching out, um, at that point, it was right at the start of the pandemic actually. So, you know, what was that? 2020. Yeah. Um, I was How like, did you forget? <laughs> I, I, well, 2019 and 2020 were the, I can't a believe it's 2013, together. 2023. It's not 2013. Mitch. I can't believe it's it. 2023. 10 years. Yeah. It's 2023. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. But I th- it was the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I know I needed something. I was frustrated with a lot of things going on in my business. Mm-hmm. Wasn't happy with things. Um, very similar to when I joined EO. I was like, man, I'm working this. Entire- Are you still in EO? Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Love so it. that's kind of been a consistent. Uh, yeah. They're not a business coach technically, but kind yeah. of. Yeah. Huge support group for you. Yeah. Um, people that understand your challenges, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I. Um, uh, similar to when I joined EO, I remember I was like working on vacation all the time and was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life like this. I got to find a different way. So mm-hmm. I joined EO mm-hmm. and then fast forward when I hired my coaches, it was the same thing. Like I am not happy with these things in my business, but I don't know how to change them. No, something's got to change. All of my clients are using business coaches to some level. Who do you guys recommend? Mm-hmm. Because I need to change. Yeah. And that's when I hired coaches. Mm-hmm. Yep. It mm-hmm. was awesome. Did you know right away? Like when you started working with him, were you apprehensive to the, like what it was going to be like, or did, was it almost immediately where it made you start thinking differently? Uh, no, I, for I, someone, if they were to do that, like you said, you have to find a coach that works. So was yeah. there like, is there a month of kind of getting to know each other? Is it less than that? Is it almost immediate? Cause well, you know, you meet people and you go, yeah, I can get along with this person pretty quickly. Yeah. Is there's kind of what you think. There's gotta be some kind of synergy there, obviously. Um, you know, I knew, I kind of had this notion of what this coach is going to be like because they worked with so many of our clients oh, okay and also on top of that um they're a member of eo mm-hmm. on top of that they were familiar with traction and all all the stuff that i'm familiar with so i kind of knew what to fit. expect a little bit um so personality wise yeah i mean we're almost like right away fit um but no they did not help me change my mindset like immediately really? it's like saying like i'm going to listen to one podcast and my life's going to get exponentially better it will it, happen it might i mean this is the podcast <laughs> yeah. right here for everybody right um but no i i, I think that uh you know it's that some warming it's up. the overtime yeah it's the repetition of it my, the, the, my coach told me at one point like zach you have to say things seven times before people really understand it before they remember it yeah like why i need to say things once right he's like no 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 but to you you know? Yeah. So he's like, you understand the concept. They don't. So they need it seven times. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's probably just some kind of weird average or number that I came up with. But he's like, it's true. You got to repeat it more, more and more and more. And what I didn't realize until actually this conversation is he's probably repeated himself seven times to me about mm. certain things. And now that we're two and a half years later, he's going, ah, he fi- the guy he's finally gets it. Yeah. He's yeah, going, because I told him seven times. And now he finally gets it. Years. Yeah. Exactly. Crazy. So I would say that, uh, you know, make sure you're ready for the coaches. Uh, make sure your coach is a good fit for you, mm-hmm. that you, you know, have that pre-meeting with them basically and, and talk about stuff because they're expensive. Right. And I think the other thing that I get from that too is that like when you make a commitment with your coach, freaking do it. Don't mm-hmm. waste their time. No. Don't waste their time. It's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know you're paying for their time at, their time at that point, but like, you're also wasting their time if you meet with them every week and you're like, hey, I really you're didn't do, I didn't do used, what we were talked about. Yeah, you're not using the tools that they're giving oh, you to do anything. They would rather have a, they would rather give their time away for free right. to somebody that was going to use it and benefit from it mm-hmm. than charge for somebody that's going to sit on their ass and not do anything. Can I yeah. say that here? Yeah, I don't care. Sorry. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the uh, 
there's no real you can have guidelines to things but i don't i don't i'm not worried about that but the uh i hit the bleep button but the <laughs> um yeah i've never thought about a business coach i've always had people because the with my job i get to work kind of like with you i work with business owners that have also fallen into these holes mm-hmm. and they tell me about them so i've been so far, I feel like I've been able to have like mentors without mentors. You know what I mean? That will get you a really, really long way. Yeah. I remember like one of my clients, uh, the first time they'd ever been hit with ransomware. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I, I remember talking to the owner and, um, you know, he thought I was in on it. As in on the ransom, yeah, like he, you were, yeah, and they, they had to pay a hefty, hefty sum. I mean, it was fifty thousand dollars to get their stuff back. It actually ended up being sixty-seven thousand, I think, at that point. Wow. Um, but to prove to him that I wasn't in on it, I went and emptied my bank account for him and put the extra money towards towards their ransom hmm. with with the hope that he was going to pay me back for it. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he honored his commitment. He paid me back. We're good now, but. You know, one of the things I said to him, he's like, are you in on this? You know, it's $50,000, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, I'm like, the value that you give me mm-hmm. in your mentorship in one year is worth more than $50,000. You know, on top of that, your contract is worth X amount of dollars. Right. That'd be I'm silly. Like, Why would I ever destroy my reputation, everything I've worked for, for $50,000? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would rather talk to you every day. And, you know, like, like that, that, yeah. that to me is worth way more. Than fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So you know, I, I think like you you keyed in on the mentorship that you get from being around business owners, and it's not that you have to do everything that they say. It's just or do things just like them. It's just you're grabbing concepts mm-hmm. and ideas and making them your own. You kind of piece everything together, like the, your your phone call thing. I've had clients call, pick up the phone, talk with them, and they're surprised. Oh, I thought we were going to have to leave a message. We've called other people and they're not here. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking, really, that's crazy. I can't, you know. How can we help you? Right. But that to me was um, massive. All the communication. Communication is one of our core values. The first one of our core values, communications. Be the first person, be the easiest person to connect with and be the first person to connect with. Right. So like that's our core value from things. So we've gotten to where I can piece things together from people, but we've thought about like a business. What are your core values? So you got that one. Yeah. So we have. Oh, you can't, you can't pull out your phone, Mitch. Um, well, I don't want to screw anything up. But we have uh, eight core values. So, core values are something you should know by heart. They're something that you know. They're in trial. You know, we're to trying be true. these core values. So that, I know them too. internally. It's externally delivering them. Is oh, okay. Different. Um, but yeah, or you could have just not said anything about me pulling up my phone, and nobody <laughs> would have known. But well, effectively, we have communicate. Yep. Right. Always communicate to your team and your clients. Mm-hmm. Period. Number one, reachable. Be the easiest person to reach. I love that. Eager. Be eager to learn and attempt new ideas. Yep. Don't want to be. You know, you can fail at something, but I want you to always be trying new things. Approachable. Be friendly, helpful, easy to talk to by the team members and clients. Yep. Trust. Be consistent. Integrity, do the right thing, value, value your work and value your word. Example, set the example for the industry and team members. Now, the, that sequence. Spells creative. Creative, yeah. Yep, I love it. So I want to get a big print out of this. You should. I just want to, I need to make it cooler. And Like, we just have it on our website kind of in a list of things. So, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's all stuff, though, like, you guys have done here. Yeah. This is what we've integrated other clients are like, it's the same thing, you know? Yeah. And I think it's universal. 
but it's following this that I feel like people can try to be different, but if they don't pick up their phone and people don't like being around them, right. it's not going to matter. I think that like that's one of the most important things too about having core values is you know who you're working with mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily like from a client perspective, although your clients usually line up with your core right. values, right. Um, at least most of them, yeah. but the people on your team, right? When you find that you're being, fr- you're frustrated with a certain team member, it's odds are they're just violating one of your core values, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's easy to highlight and talk about at that point. Mm-hmm. That's what that, mm-hmm. that does. I love core values. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of, I don't have a lot of gray area, I would say with decisions we have to make, whether it's working on a project or doing something, but there's sometimes like we'll have people that will pitch us an idea, yeah, creative project. And we always ask, well, how do you determine success from this? Right. Like right. we've, like we asked with you guys, uh, and they'll give us an answer that doesn't line up with things. Like they might want a video project with the goal of this in mind. Yeah. Being the, you know, we're going to do this in hopes this happens from it. And we can't connect the lines. Right. And so do we take a project to take the project or do we tell them, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to get you there because I don't think the project will get you there. Yeah. We have to tell them that. We've, right. t- we've had to tell people. But we just lean into those, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a smart thing to do is if you don't see the outcome happening. Mm-hmm. Stop the process. Right. And so we've said, it's a cool project, but that isn't what I think would happen. What I'd rather do is give me three hours. We'll work on something that will get you there. We do think we'll get you there. Yeah. Um, And it's like weird conversations typically when we have to lean into them. But like, we've never had to fire a client or anything where, you know, they've breached our core values or something like that. But we've had people, we've had to say, you know, we just don't, our, if we can't, if we have to break our core values, it just doesn't work. No, it's, God, but it's no. been but it's been um, really helpful. You to, know, to break your core values is to uh, I mean, it's basically going back on your morals. I mean, it's not who you are. Mm-hmm. So when you break your core values, uh, you're going to feel extremely out of alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, my I always talk about experience. It's my favorite core core value. Yeah. Um, so when I create a really negative experience for somebody, mm-hmm. I'm mad or I'm upset or I yell, which happens very, very rarely. Right. When I create a very negative experience for somebody, I feel really, really weird. I feel bad. I feel gross. I feel like I, I just, I don't want to be around anybody. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you feel it when you're out of alignment it's with your heavy. core values. Yeah. 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 And so that's our... The only one we've really ran into is people pitch projects with goals in mind that don't really line up. Yeah. And at first, like we've took, we took a few, we, we did. I remember one project I can remember they were doing, um, whatever it was at the time they wanted to make a video to, in hopes of this happening. Right. Yeah. And in initial immediately, I thought this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. I don't. And, but you know, we're not experts in their industry, right? right? We're not experts in it. So, there are things that require um, us leaning into the client, but this particular idea, we thought, I don't see this working, but we did it. We took the job. <laughs> How did and it turn we, out? We executed it exactly what they asked for, but the results weren't what they wanted because what they wanted shouldn't have been what they asked for, if that makes sense. Who's, who was held accountable for that then? We were. Okay. Well, it wasn't on paper. So like on paper, no one did. Like we knew, I knew after making the video, this wasn't going to make sense, but we took it. We took the job yeah. and um, they ended up like scrapping their whole project for that. Yeah. So we said, uh, you know, that was 
kind of our initial indicator to say, okay, look, we're going to speak up. If we say, hey, we get it, we yeah. get what you want to do, we don't see that yielding those results. So I would rather you go to another company that might do that for you than us not get you the results you want. Because sometimes they don't line up. Yeah. You know? If, if, if you can see something that's not lining up, like you've a project that doesn't carry someone to their goal, mm-hmm. do you try to offer an alternative solution? Of Every like, time. Okay. Every time. Yeah. So like it's sometimes we don't know right away. Sometimes it'll right. be like, yeah, this sounds like it'll work. And then we start doing it and we, it happens where, you know, we'll be in either like a team meeting where we're working with another creative and, and they go, what if we did this instead? And it's right. like, that would be the better idea where yep. we stop everything and we call the client and say, Hey, you know, we know you guys wanted, th- we've had, I, there was one in particular, they're a really cool client of ours. They do industrial laundry. Okay. So similar to, um, Oh, I remember you telling uh, me about these guys, yeah. Super cool clients. And I remember, yeah. um, there was a board meeting with like the marketing manager, the owner, um, uh, the sales manager. And I'm just, you know, a, the young, a young kid coming yeah. in to talk to these guys. And, um, I can't remember what their initial thought was. It was an initial project thought. And I remember being in the meeting, like, I think if we went this way, it would be better. And I thought, I'm just going to pitch it. And their, their whole theme is like a celestial, like kind of a comic theme. Yeah. They're, the, the funny thing, the salesman is like, laundry is boring, so we have to make it industry in, interesting. So it's like Mr. Clean and like Dr. Dirt are like these two right. villains, and that's what they fight each other. And we were like, what if we made like a series that related to like some kind of superhero theme as well? Yeah. And they loved it. And I remember thinking, if I never would have said that, right. then we would have maybe done something that didn't get them where they wanted to be. And so, yeah, you know, I think that, and I don't know, was that your initial client meeting with them or was that like a couple in? So I met the owner through a fitness center. Okay. So it was like, I hadn't, I met him briefly, but that was like day one working with them. I think that, um, you know, you're not invited to sit in a room if your opinion's not valued. Yeah. And that's what we learned, but that takes a minute to learn too. Yeah. And you I, know, you know, if you're, if you are invited into a room and your opinion is not valid, you're in the wrong room anyways. Yeah. And I think for me, it was a lot of like with the creative industry, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different elements, a little different things you can do, right? Like marketing isn't really what we, we don't call ourselves a marketing firm because it's not, we don't do marketing. Right. If you pitch us a creative idea, like that's what we like to lean into and create projects and content from that. Okay. But I'm not going to lie to people. Like, don't BS people. If don't go into a room and be like, here's this marketing plan. And here's this. Yes, we've done it a long time. So if we talk to someone about setting up Google Analytics or setting up Facebook ads or setting up Google ads and stuff, we know more than just the someone who just tried it once and that was right. it. Right. But we don't pretend we're marketing firms. But we've had, it was funny, just, uh, it was yesterday when we had our chimney swept. Um the, the kid who came out, cool kid, super nice, super knowledgeable. Yeah. We thought our, we didn't know anything. I don't know anything about chimneys, you oh. know? So we had our chimney. It looked dirty, and we were like, let's get it swept and make sure it's good. Yeah. Comes out, and he's like, yeah, this, this doesn't look bad. You know, I'm not going to charge you full price. So I'm going to give you a discount because it's it's really not that bad. And I yeah. thought, oh, wow, awesome. Thank you. Well, we start talking. As we go to leave, he goes, do you want to pay? Like, how do you want to pay? I said, well, I want to pay with a card. And he goes, okay, sorry, but like, Unfortunately, the office doesn't have a card reader set up and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, why don't you have a card reader set up? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, I don't know. And if I'm being honest, I'd love to start my own chimney sweep one day. Like, I'd love to do it differently. <laughs> I, I talked it. with the kid for probably an hour. Oh, my God. About how you should have brought him today. 
I, he, so like, just, I was just the most random thing, right? Like the way he mentioned the card reader, I thought, why don't you, they're like, you can get them at Staples or whatever it was. But yeah, we talked for probably an hour about how it's him and his buddy that worked there and how they want to eventually do this. And, you know, they're in that part of the planning where like pieces are coming together. They're not all quite together yet, but It was like, he was a really interesting dude to talk to just because that's what we like doing. But even even yesterday, I was like, I'm not a marketer. Right. right? If you need right. help creating content, that's fine. Hire your marketer. But we'll go into a room where people want to know marketing campaigns and marketing strategies. That's not my world. Yeah. But if you have a marketer that says, we want to make a video showing what our business does and you know, this is our budget we want to work on, that's right. where we want to say, cool, let's make a super creative video that you guys can use and, yeah. and you know separate yourselves from others but yeah that kid yesterday was really interesting because he was it's like talking with someone who wants to start a business Mm -hmm. as a business owner is for me super fun yeah oh yeah it's really fun i and that's like you know i was talking about like the workspace place like that that's the environment that i want to create here Mm -hmm. that's the target that i want to create here is like the people that are going like god i really just want to start something but man a building's expensive yep man i really just need a place to work like to get my thoughts out on paper 24 7 like because i remember what it was like Mm -hmm. working at midnight working at two in the morning seeing the sun go down seeing the sun come up Mm -hmm. you know what i mean then seeing it go down again yep and like god if i just had a place where i could work Mm-hmm. that was available for me yeah. that I didn't have to take the risk of yep. seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a month. Right. You get a desk, you, you get show desk, up when you yeah. need to. If you're not there, you're not there. Uh, right. Exactly. I think it's awesome. It's such a low risk thing. And that's the energy that kid you're talking about. Yep. That's the energy I want to be around all the time. I love it. It's, it's like, um, it's this kid in particular, I thought was really cool. He was 27. So he said he was 27 years old. Yeah. Walked into a stranger's house and he had that like owner mentality yeah. like could just talk and talk wow this is really cool and it was cool i don't know i watch people i just am interested in things yeah. so like if you're at my house working i like to just watch and see what you're doing right and he's telling me all about this oh yeah this is how you got to do this flu and this is that and whatever and blah 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 and we had the it's just a wood fireplace we had the wood the um cast insert you know yeah. like the lift the log you put the logs on yeah we put it in the garage, right? Yeah. I put it in the garage so it was out of his way. Yeah. And he's coming in with it after he's done, putting it back. Hey, I'm putting this back. I'm assuming this went in here. Yeah. It was that like initiative without me even asking. Yep. When he left, shut my garage behind him and like jumped over the laser, you know? Yeah. And that was like, that kid's going to be an owner one day because this isn't his business, but he treats it like his right. business. But right. um, it's just interesting when you talk to people like that. But even at your co-working space, from working by myself, I had... Uh, like we obviously do productions with other people, but post-production, I sat at my house like by myself. Yeah. Having a co-working space, even going to a coffee shop was fine because yeah. you're around people, you see people, but yeah. a co-working space where you can bump into a different industry. We're in completely different industries and we talk about business all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the strategies are the same. I mean, yeah, core, it's, core values are universal. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's something every business should have. Mm-hmm. And know? so if, even just the the benefit of working with other people in non-competitive industries yeah even in competitive even in competitive industries but just like if you had a shared like a lunch space or something where you could sit down and another owner of some other facility you know were able to sit down and and just talk about what are you running into now what's a challenge you're running into right now yep you know yeah you know and mitch 
That's why I keep on pushing you to join EO. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, I'd like to. It's that kind of space. Like, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, um, I thought about joining EO. I want to get, we're at a point right now with growth where I feel like I want to, I want to fail as being a leader to know what I need to fix. Cause right now I'm, I'm curious from a leadership perspective. I'm curious about like, I don't have enough experience yet to be like, this is what I want to fix. And this is what I want to lean into or, you know, does that make sense or not at all? Like, so we're looking at growing a team. We've worked with subcontractors, right? That's what we do. We had a, a few other people who, who do things for us, but, um, I don't even want to do a business coach yet because I don't know what I'm going to tell them. Like I'm, I'm focusing on growth. I'm focusing on growing the business, and maybe that's where I need, you know, so, insight in. Yeah, I've got an interesting story for you on that. Um, I've got to be careful how I share this. In EO, we have a confidentiality thing. Well, just so, yeah. Um, to be. I'll, yeah, I'll just. The story is is this, and and I ran into this as well, is that we moved so fast in growth mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we made a we made a certain revenue number and mm-hmm. things are awesome. But the faster that we move and the more work that we take on, mm-hmm. the harder it is to adjust to scale later. Mm-hmm. If I put the pieces in place while we were smaller, right. had I known that I was supposed to put these pieces in place when pieces I was smaller. Pieces in sort of like process and sort of procedure? Yes. Or, yeah. 100% process and procedure. How do we do these things? So even something like, let's say making a bank deposit, right? Yeah. It sounds stupid. It sounds yeah. simple. Like I can figure it out in five seconds. Right. But someone that I hire to do that doesn't want to screw that up. That's mm-hmm. something major that you're you're doing. Yeah. So I need to have the step-by-step process for that. So now, even though we're so busy, I'm sitting in there going, oh, wow, this is a process that someone needs to replicate at some point. I need to write the documentation while I'm doing this. Yeah. My God, it's slow and painful. Mm-hmm. But if I did this when I was smaller, it makes scaling a heck of a lot easier now. So I worked with you, and I've heard that. So I've always operated as if I were right now we have subcontracts. I've always wanted to operate as if I were a five man team. Yep. Now when I get to three or four people, I want to be a 10 man team. We've already done that. Like yeah. not all, obviously we're documenting process now. Yep. So for me, my biggest obstacle wasn't like, I, when you think of the, the, like I didn't know which foot to step with first, right? Right. Do I get the team member and then get the work? I remember do I talking work, about that. Yeah, yeah. Do I get the work? And then I get so buried that you like potentially we don't wanna we don't wanna change our experience. We don't want clients right. to have a lesser than experience because we're so busy. You know, so which one comes first? Do you get the work? So we went the route of getting the work first. Yep. You know? Um, and then we actually just had an interview last week with a guy who's gonna be coming on. He wants to do production and post production stuff. Oh, cool. So his situation is cool. He's a great does an awesome job with the work that he does yeah um but he currently has a full-time job that he's looking to transition away from so he does this himself he's got a job but he's like this is the year i want to jump into it so whether it's with someone yeah so we're excited about it but we're now it's like okay if that works out what am i missing i feel like i'm always i'm always um i always feel like all right is there something I could do now to prevent failure, right? That's like my thoughts on everything. What can I do right now so I don't then fail? And I think I'm at a point now where it's like, all right, you've done what you have to do. If failure happens, it happens. You know yeah, what I mean? You're going, so it's like, that, you're going through that mindset right. shift. Dude. Oh my um, gosh, I have to have everything in place. And it's like, no, that's so not the way it works. We call that, we call that playing not to lose. <laughs> 
Okay. So when you're when you're playing not to fail, it's it's, it's like like oh man, what can I do so I don't fail? Mm-hmm. That's playing not to lose. You're not playing to win, right? True. You're just doing enough to not lose. Yeah. When you make that mindset shift of playing to actually win, mm-hmm. like what are what is intuitive technologies trying to win at? We're trying to keep small businesses running, yeah. operating, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a sexy work. It's not a, you know, it's not like a, a <laughs> something that's glorious or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but there's little wins along the way for us, mm-hmm. but that's what we can win at doing. And when we do that really well, it's, th- things are great. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had the mindset of what can I do to not fail? Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the, during that ransomware attack for the entire, for my entire company, mm-hmm. um, I thought that failure was imminent. It was yeah. going to be over. Yeah. But either I was going to die or my clients were going to succeed, like yeah. one of the two. Um, so I've always played for that win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that frees you up a lot. To- yeah, I think I think about it backwards. Yeah. I, you look I, well, at it as like, like for me, the way I look at things, I think is there, a, there's no, we did it, right? Like right, when you right. think about the win, I don't know, let's say a month. Or let's say you hire someone and you're focused on keeping you know, that experience to match what you do, right? right? You've got like a measurable, all right, we went to a, a month. I checked in with two of our clients that he worked with mm-hmm. and they said, yeah, he's great. We loved working with him. Cool. I hit the goal. Now I can figure out a next one. Right. Where I'm looking at it as I'm, I'm hoping that we don't have any like bad feedback from him, which is kind of like that, you, but I, I need to look at it from a different end. You want bad feedback. Gotcha. And not that you want to do a bad job. Right. But you, when you get bad feedback, right. that's your customer saying, hey, Mitch, Change. I care about you. Yeah, I love what you guys do, and I'm not getting that love that I've always gotten in the past. Yeah. That's someone saying, hey, you've got a good enough relationship for me to stand up and say, hey, listen, what you did to me wasn't right. Mm-hmm. I want you to fix it because I like you. Yeah. Right? Like, that's those are the customers you want. Yeah. A customer called me the other day and tell me, you know, like, X, Y, and Z and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just feel like I didn't get that treatment that I normally get. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm like, number one, thank you for telling me this. Two, I'm going to ask you to tell me sooner next time. Yeah. So that person is no longer with the company and that's okay. But I'm like, I want to know those things faster. I go, you and I are friends, correct? He goes, yep. I go, friends would tell other people, tell their friends when something was off. Yeah. And I'm like, this was a direct representation of my business, something that I've built, worked my entire life for. And I go, yeah. and you are a client and a friend, and I want you treated the way that I would treat you. Yep. When that's off, you need to give me the feedback. Yeah. So, yeah, you want that negative feedback. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen one way or another. You either take it and run with it, or you can just be one oh, of those yeah. people that ignore it, right? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's um, it's always been a challenge of, like, how how much is enough to then delegate, right? We were, my mm-hmm. I interviewed my cousin on this. Yeah, yeah. I listened uh, to that one. Yeah, like, just a couple. I don't even think we said he was my cousin on here, but he owns a marine construction yeah. industry, but or a business. But uh, we talked about how delegation is like critical. Oh yeah, I and heard if that. without it, it's you're nothing, right? But you can't grow anywhere, right? You've hit a ceiling. You need to delegate in order to do that. But it's like the worst. I think when he had said it, he was like, "Yeah, the first time we delegated, he felt guilty, right? He uh-huh. was he felt guilty that he was delegating work right. on people." But then after a while, it was like, okay, no, I need to trust that these guys got me too. Yeah. And it's like that transition, man, people say it's hard. Like it's, entrepreneurship is hard, but like working isn't hard. It's to me, it seems harder delegating and like leading is what makes you the entrepreneur. Right. And like, that's the stuff. 
That's the hardest. That's stuff, the Mitch. hardest part, you yeah. know. Anybody can open a business. Anybody can do that stuff. Yeah. It's leading and delegating. It's hard because, like, look, you're trusting someone to do what you would do, mm-hmm. right? And they're not. And you know, they're not going to do it your no, way. How? But yeah, that's what Gary right. Vee was saying. Um, like, how dare you assume your employees care as much as you? Ironically, that's what the the kid yesterday. He was like, "Yeah, we want to start our own business, but." we would feel really bad leaving the company we're at. And that's what I told him. I was like, yeah, but it, you know, if he brought up Gary V a few times, that's yeah. when I was like, yeah, but Gary V said the same thing. How dare you care about this guy's business more than him? Right. He was saying that, that the current owner, it's like, you know, he's got things going on and they're, they're requesting things from him that don't happen. And that's right. when I was like, you guys care more my than same, he does. Yeah. yeah. It's my so, same business. The, the reason I started my business. Yeah. It's not personal. Oh, you know, and that's when it, I he left. He better. was fired up when he left. He yeah. was like, good. And, you know, I was like, yeah, he finished. I don't know. They told me it'd be two hours. Yeah. Finished in an hour. And we talked literally for like an hour. That's awesome. I thought about it. I was like, I should get his phone number and bring him on a podcast. You didn't podcast. get his phone number? Well, no, because it because I didn't want to like get him in trouble like, with him. Yeah, yeah, talk, I know you know what I mean. But I, like, I didn't mean. want him on a podcast talking about that. But that's what, will, that's when you just say, "Hey, I've got a friend you'd, you'd like to meet. Here's his phone yeah. number. You give him my phone number, and then we connect you guys in the back end." Yeah, because I think I would be surprised if we didn't if I didn't see him do this himself. Because even I asked him, I'm like, you know, do you, is it that you love cleaning chimneys? Like, if you love cleaning chimneys, yeah. maybe be a number two, right? right. Like, just do that. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, weirdly, I like cleaning stuff, so I like it, but I'm really good at it. And I'm yeah. like, well, you train people, and you can make them even better. But it yeah. was, um, you know, it was really interesting to talk to him. But I mean, yeah, that's what I would say for you know, for anybody really starting up is having the mindset of training other people to do this and replicating it the way you want it done yeah. is super important from the beginning because mm-hmm. you know, five, six, seven years in for me it was such a habit to do and deliver the way that I delivered that it was almost hard for me to go down and put it on paper. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, right. It's really difficult at this point. Um, and I'm, I'm paying the price for it. I really am. Your steps. You mean like you, you're writing out your process to things. Yeah. I had to write this whole, like, like I, I wasn't told to do this, but I, took two or three pages one day and wrote exactly what intuitive technologies was like when I ran it myself and why I loved it that way, mm-hmm. and the things that I did that we're not doing now. Were right? you, were you, that's interesting. So like, were you, do you think that you, had you not have grown, you would be as happy as you are now, less happy or happier? Yeah, that's a. So I had a buddy that uh, he did, uh, opened up a bunch of fitness franchises. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like obviously now he's happy. It's it's successful. It's going well for him. Right. But I remember I had a studio and he was like, oh, I always I often think like if I just stayed a one man show and trained people, like would it be easier? Because starting a business is hard. Growing is really hard. Oh yeah, it'd be easier. <laughs> well, but 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 like, would you be less fulfilled? So that's even what we talked with Rick, where it was like, right. You know, if you did something small scale, it's like. How long? How long are you going to do it small scale before you inevitably ended up here anyway? Was Rick, was Rick your cousin's name? Yeah. Okay, so Rick, like one of the things that he said on the podcast that I absolutely loved was the fact that he knew his zone. Yeah. He's good with two crews. Yep. Oh, that was his big three, thing. Three gets sloppy. Yep. He's like, we're good at two crews. Yep, that's and what like, he said. That's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we're good yet. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but he took, because like in his situation, they had two crews and he was like we gotta go we gotta get another one yeah. and then when he hit the three it was like it wasn't just 
one other crew of expenses and issues, it was like too much. And that's when he said, nope, two yeah. crews is our sweet spot. That's where we perform the best. And that's where we can do the best. Cause ultimately it's service yeah. no matter what it's, you know, they're not into slipping on anything just like you guys aren't, you know, it's right. the same. Nobody really is. So like that for them was their two crew minimum, but, um, well, that, that's the ceiling, right? So like there's certain areas where companies hit certain ceilings of like, how do I get past this? So how did I get past hiring or, or being just me yeah. scaling to, let's say, a two-man operation? Man, that was way different. Now, how did I get past that? But what was the difference uh, as far as the challenge from one to two people, you being one, right. one to two people, then two to three? Right. Was it like 99% of the challenge was from one to two? Not, it was not like, was two to three even a thought really? Was it at that point you were like, okay, right. I've, I've kind of delegated some, let's keep this going. When it, for, for me, like the, the, the biggest we have ever been employee wise was I think six full-time employees. Yeah. Right. Right now there's four. Um, I think the hardest part was probably going one to two because not understanding, like thinking that. I'm not that unique um, was actually kind of a weird limiting mindset with that. When, when it came to solving problems, nobody solves problems like me, right? Like it's just, I've got this natural ability to do it on top of communicating. So like, that's a special like combination I have, but me going like, Hey, college dropout, 2.6 GPA in high school, whatever. Like I was, I'm not very, educated. I'm like, I'm not that, that unique. So everybody that's more educated than me should be able to do these things at a better level. Right. Yeah. And just automatically do them. Yeah. And so that one to two was a really big learning experience. And I had, you know, I had Matt there to soften that for me mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. because Matt already knew me from, from high school, yeah. he knew how I operated. I could trust him and he knew how to just make things happen and make decisions. Yeah, very proactive. Right. And then I got spoiled with you when you came and, and helped out, you know? So it was like, um, just kind of easier. You got to transition. cut your teeth kind of with people you knew. Yeah. That I could trust. And you guys softened some of that harshness for me, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly what I needed then. But now I'm facing the reality of the fact that like, it's, we I, I'm, you. I'm at that wall, right. Where it's like, I, I need to have, I, I need, um, I need better frameworks in place. Mm -hmm. And so it's that ceiling. Like you're like, like you're Rick Mm -hmm. talking about that two to three. That's a different ceiling. All of a sudden they need different processes and procedures. They need to improve the way they're doing things. It's, it's a different beast when you add that third team, but it's weird because all you're doing is adding the third team. Yeah. What's the difference? That's what he had said. Even off that podcast, we've talked about that. It was, I think the beginning of last year, I think he had said, um, two to three doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But for him, he was like, I, it just was night and day. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's totally different. So I remember scaling to six and I'm like, wow, this is a lot. And I'm like, holy crap. Nobody really knows what their actual role is here. What is your role goal here? My goal? Yeah, because like for you, you've always been kind of this like amoeba of like you did sales, but then you jumped into to like tier two tech, right? Or what do you call it? It was the um, level two technician for yeah, yep, certain yep, yep. projects. Is your goal to then like 
be the manager of the space or is it to be an overlooker of everything? What is it? Yeah. So ideally I'd like to own and run multiple businesses from a high level. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to start new ideas as you're well aware, Mm -hmm. um, with the multiple businesses we have. Um, I like to take ideas and run with them Mm -hmm. and I love the excitement of starting something new. Um, so that's my goal with intuitive technologies would be to, really kind of sit at like a visionary level almost where I'm coming up with ideas and concepts and like, God, this is the direction that we should head with the company and then have integrator basically roll that out for us. Um, and scale the team that way. I, my safe spot is service because I know I can deliver there and I know I can be really, really good at it. I'm not, not fast at it, but I know I can deliver results. So it's really easy for me to jump in back into the service seat and that's where I spend a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm working on shielding myself from that so I can focus on sales, account management, and business development. Um, delivery really should handle itself on its own. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, our, our team cares about what they're doing. Um, they don't need me looking over their shoulder and micromanaging the crap out of them, telling them how to do things that they may have a little bit of a different spin on. Mm-hmm. And just because I do it a certain way doesn't right, mean As long as the problem's solved. As long as the problem's solved. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I also need some help with accountability. I'm not really good at holding people accountable for executing on certain deadlines or target timeframes or things that are acceptable to our business. Um, you know, now, now that we've grown a little bit, you know, things, the, the, the expectation shouldn't have changed from when I was a single, you know, person running around doing all this by myself to now, mm-hmm. but some, something about delivery has changed a little bit. Um, and that's something that needs to tweak and tune and be better. So, mm-hmm. um, I could probably help with the new software, right? Yeah. I think the new software will be cool if we make that move. Um, but I also think a manager kind of highlighting like where we have weaknesses because who currently manages deadlines? I, I Aside, do. Okay. I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, like, look, our team is, is able to set their own deadlines. Mm-hmm. The challenge is when they blow the deadline, who, who's held accountable and how, Yeah. right? I can look at somebody and go, man, I'm really disappointed, but I also don't want to like, lose my mind. Yeah. Which in, it's, it's in every bit of me to lose my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how could this not be done? He said it would be done by this time. Yeah. And why didn't you tell me before the deadline was blown? You know, mm-hmm. so, so uh, that's the framework you're reworking to yeah, kind of prevent all of that. And- yeah. The, I think, uh, I think a manager slash integrator will really help me on that side of things. Like, Hey, these are the certain set of parameters that we need to hit. Mm-hmm. This is your job to hit these parameters. It's not your job to do it. Mm-hmm. It's your job to make sure the team is doing it or have some sort of like things in place saying like this was, we're waiting on a client's approval or something like right, that where right, the right. deadline was hit, but it's, yeah, it's yeah, off because of this sense. reason or whatever. And, and also highlight areas where we need help mm-hmm. because like, right. I'm not very good at highlighting ideas or areas where we need help because I've never needed help. I've never had help available mm-hmm. um, from a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I can always just go out and get answers. So it's a big blind spot for me when I, I can't see when someone's not technically capable of performing a job. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't understand why they're not right. So that's that lack of empathy, empathy thing again. See it. I guess from looking at it from my perspective, I would, I would look at it from like time, right? Like if they weren't technically capable of performing a task, yeah. there'd be a limit, right? Like my buddy does HVAC work. Yeah. He says, we've got an hour and a half. If we can't accomplish this in an hour and a half, it like it, it's more than likely a repair or something like right. that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, we have certain time restraints on there too, but I also want to create an environment where people can learn and grow. Yeah. Um, and m- most of my learning has been done, done consistently over time. 
You know, I'm still learning. Why don't, you, why don't you make like a certifications course for an intuitive tech to be certified with a course that you've created where they not only, you could get an entry level person, mm. not entry level, obviously yeah. for t- tier two, but like you, tr- I had no idea how to do anything. Right. I, I knew, I, I, to be honest with you, I was in the world of Apple yeah. coming into here working on Windows machines, but you guys still taught me. I built my own computer. Right. You know, I learned how to do a whole lot, but if you could have courses where you were like, yeah, you want to work here. That's great. You're going to have to be an yeah. intuitive certified tech, right. not a geek squad. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. But like, I know what you mean. In order to hit, in order to be in this position, you need to meet these requirements. And on top of that, right. I, um, I don't mind that idea. Almost like a test. Would that yeah. be dumb? No, no, like actually, if you, could... if you come in here, like for an interview, there's yeah. a technical screening you have to do. Is it? Yeah, you log into this computer. It's all recorded. Um, you That's have to cool. perform X amount of tasks, and basically, we get to see your workflow through it and how you are attacking the problem. If there's long pauses in the mouse, I kind of know you're googling it. So I always tell people like, "Hey, listen, if you're going to Google something, just Google it on the computer because I want to see how you're searching." Oh don't, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, "You let us Google that." Like, yeah, that don't was, don't hide it from you're me. You're allowed to Google. Yeah, don't hide it from me. I'd rather just see how you're getting the answer. I want to see your logic. Yeah, because that's important to me. Do you think? What's your biggest for like? Maybe not your current team. Current team seems like they're pretty solid. Oh, yeah. yeah Past members. Um, what, what's been the biggest, um, I don't want to say complaint from you, but like what's been the biggest issue with team members? Is it is it like self-starter? Like, you know what I'm, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like if I had to identify a personality trait that's missing, exactly. what is the biggest thing? Yeah. I think, um, number one, I, I, I need to say this is that, you know, my ability as a leader is a direct reflection of the team that mm-hmm. I lead. Right. So there's no such thing as bad teams. There's bad right. leaders. Right. right? So exactly. be clear. I'm taking full accountability for the lack of any kind of ability that we've had. But if I had to identify one thing, I think it would just be that absolute, like, I, I love the word tenacity, mm-hmm. the looking at a challenge and just being able to, like want to win. Mm-hmm. I want to win. I think for for when I remember working with you, it was what was always cool is we could screw something up. We could take longer on a project, but like don't stop working on it. Yeah. Right. Like so, if you didn't know something, there were times where it'd be like, all right, someone could probably just give me the answer right. to this. But it was like let's let let's like figure this out. You know what I mean? To yeah. a point, obviously, but yeah. like figure it out. Failing was okay. But then there is also people who are like, nope, I'm not like, I can't figure it out. I'm just going to push this off to somebody else. Right, right, right. And, you know, I think that's like some of that's like corporate America is, is structured things like that. Like, hey, um, this I've tried. I've tried this stuff on my worksheet. One, two, three. It's not exactly. my problem anymore. Moving yep. on. Right. Moving it for, up. For me, like I always tell our team that I would rather have you spend 10 hours in a problem that took one hour to solve mm-hmm. and learn through the process for and then time. me give the client nine hours off. Yeah. I would much rather have that because that's an organic learning situation where you've learned some valuable lessons, right? Um, you know, I think, I think that, uh, that type of tenacity and, and along with a lack of patience is, um, really kind of something that, that I struggle with. And when, when I see, when I see team team members struggle with that, I should say, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm like, man, I know what it's like to wait for Comcast for two hours outside of the client. I'm finding something else to do to work on, to bring value to them. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I know what it's like to look at a problem that seems impossible 
You know, that's why we did the rubrics games. Were you there when we did the rubrics games? I had to do them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So like, like we used to give those out on interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, have this back here done t- tomorrow, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And you know, you get some people that didn't show back up or, yeah, or people that were really like half done. Do yeah. It's like guy goes, yeah, I didn't know how to do it. And I'm like, okay, great. You can't be, you can't work here. Yeah. Like there's a way to do it. Whether it's take the stickers off, take it apart, YouTube it whatever whatever's done you mm-hmm. know like it, it's i i made the rule to myself that i wasn't leaving the office till i did it took yeah, me I a couple hours i remember it was like five maybe four forty-five, and it was like boom yep bring this back to solve tomorrow yeah and i remember thinking what what the f is the point but of I, this? I got home with it and i remember thinking all right i'll try to solve this and then i remember googling mm-hmm. there's a code or like yeah, a thing it's a pattern and it was like and then I came back. I think Matt's was done. Yep. And I remember going, what do you want me to do with this now? And you yeah. were like, keep it. I don't care what you do with it. Yeah. And I thought, what What the heck was that all? <laughs> Why did you have me do right. that? There was another guy. I won't say his name, but there's another guy who didn't do it. Right. And he's not a team member here anymore. Yeah. I um, I think that that's just like, that was a really good representation. I remember telling you guys this, of the problems that we see and deal with. Mm-hmm. It's something we've never seen before. Yeah. It's nothing, something we've never done before. But we have to figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, yeah, it took us, some of us longer than others and some of us didn't try at all. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is, is that the guys that were with me the longest and that I'd still trust today mm-hmm. did, it. did it successfully. Do you still do that? No, I don't do that anymore. You should start doing it. I heavily consider, I still got a box full of Rubik's Cubes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll send one to you. I don't know. I already have one. <laughs> I kept it, remember? <laughs> I was surprised yeah. you didn't throw that thing away. No, it's floating around somewhere. I just it was like sitting in the top yeah. desk when we were switching offices. I just took it down. And yeah. I was like, I should like unsolve this. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, right. I'm like, I did it I'm, once. I don't want to do it I'm, again. That's, that's it. our um, that's our uh, obsessed with impossible. That's uh, true. Uh, but those line up with think. that core value. Yeah, absolutely. Know, and that's why it's branded well. that way. So, what do you think from a being a leader? What um, do you think? It's a lot of it's just trial and error. Are there things that you can do as a person to try to be a, the like? Obviously, things are going to happen. Situations yeah. are going to happen. But you being a leader for as long as you've been one now, is it trial and error? Is it like you got to kind of screw up to learn yeah. how to be better? It's a great combination of both. Um, Matt and I were talking about this um, several months ago. We were on a trip together over in the summer. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was a terrible leader when I when I had Matt. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't fair to Matt mm-hmm. at all. It was horrible, actually. And um, so we, we talked about it a little bit. And I think that, you know, there's a combination of trial and error plus just um, awareness that you have to have of knowing that this is never a perfect science Mm -hmm. because my personality type, Mitch might be, is totally different than yours, right? Mm -hmm. We share a lot of core values and traits, Mm -hmm. but the leadership style that works for me naturally, is not going to work for you. Yeah. So you can learn stuff from me. Yes. But you've got to find out what really resonates with you that I do and you can take and replicate or modify. Yeah. And, and learn that way. Just being aware of that is a huge thing because I always thought that, oh, you re- read a book and you became a better leader or you looked at a leader that you looked up to and you became a better leader. Mm-hmm. And some of that's true. It can shape yeah. you a little bit. You just can't quite replicate but it like, it's not who y- you are. Yeah, I'm not a yeller. Yeah. I'm never going to come in your office and yell and scream and just, you know, MF yeah. you up and down, right? right? That's not my style. If I did that, I would probably get laughed out of a room. I, I'm serious because it's not my style. Yeah. So if I tried to lead like that, it's going to come off really inauthentic yeah, yeah. To, to people. So like I have to learn my own style 
And I, I mean, that's what I've been working on for the past couple few years. And it's starting to show results. You know, um, a couple of my guys have mentioned like, oh yeah, I can see you changing a little bit. Mm. Like, oh, that's great. I'm changing too slow. <laughs> like, I want to change now. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's, that's really the big, biggest thing is awareness plus trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially that self-awareness is, is huge when it yeah. comes to leadership. So, and having other people point out stuff. That's why I have the coaches, right? Mm-hmm. They can point out patterns that you don't see. Now, you being a leader, owning intuitive technologies, um, how have you, or what have you taken with you to then your Airbnb business? Mm. Is it completely left and right? Or is it? It's very left and right. And I'm trying to actually find out the commonalities between the two because that business was so much fun. And, we had a, a target, a goal, a mission. We set a deadline, and Vina and I started working on it, right? the For getting an Airbnb or, like, once you had it? Well, yeah. well, yeah. So, like, once we figured out that's what we wanted to do, mm-hmm. we distilled down the process of, like, what we needed to do first, and then we started creating our business together. And there was just this automatic alignment of we all fell into our roles. We definitely defined them. You know, but we fell into our roles right away just naturally because that's what her and I do. Right. So being a leader on that side, I didn't really have to be much of a leader. Um, we well, never had a partner, right? Right. I'd never worked with a partner before in my right. life, a business partner. Right. And especially my wife, I, I had always said I'd, I'll never work with my wife, especially at like intuitive technologies and not because I don't trust her. Right. And not, not because she's not good at what she does. Right. It's just because I love our relationship and don't yeah. want to change anything yeah. or don't want to risk that, right, over a business. That's yeah. something stupid. So when we decided that we shared a common dream of owning property in Traverse City, mm-hmm. um, we'd always thought it'd be fun to have an Airbnb. Um, we just said, yeah, let's go for this. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of the similar, so, some of the things that I'm trying to cross and reference is what worked so well over there Mm-hmm. That's not working here because mm-hmm. we did that without a hitch. I mean, like there was, there was challenges and problems, but man, oh man, we were cutting through red tape left and right. Like really? we were just firing all cylinders. It was the fastest moving business I've ever been a part of. I was like, holy crap. I'm like, this is the way this is supposed to operate. I think on this side of things, Vina. well, it's could be, it is, it's a hundred percent her. Yeah. I just had her take a assessment, an assessment with one of my coaches. Um, actually a, a coach slash friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, to find out her personality traits, her motivators, stuff like that. A disc assessment is what they call it. Yeah. Um, because I need her in my business, but I don't want her in my business. Right. <laughs> I want to find someone just like her with the same things in right. my business. So, because we just, we clicked. Right. So I, I think like from, from a leadership perspective, um, I can, lightly give Vina a vision, yeah. a soft vision of what I have in mind. Mm-hmm. And she produces results. She goes, I need you to do these things to accomplish your vision. I needed to go do these things. And you know, like it, things just start falling in line with that. Um, we're here. I can explain a vision and people are like, yeah, great. That sounds great. What do we do? You know? And so like, I, I get stuck trying to integrate and be a visionary, and it's really hard to find someone that can do both of those things well. Mm-hmm. 
Makes sense. Yeah. I still think you should have Vina here then. <laughs> I I will not. There's somehow a way where you, you could have her articulate things. Maybe like she coming with yeah. you during a meeting would be like, hey, you know, you said like this, but here's what I would. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not a bad idea. You know, here's what I would have said to try to paint this picture. The picture yeah. that you painted, I understand, but. You but know. these guys don't. I I think that the dynamic of having a, my wife here as well, though, would probably influence you know how i kind of mentioned that the guys don't always tell me gotcha things. change the i dynamic. think it would change the dynamic because they know that's my wife yeah you know i always encourage conflict if you guys have a problem bring it to me yeah. if you guys have a something a challenge with something i'm doing bring it to me mm-hmm. it's okay to call me out on not doing my job because i'm calling you out and not doing yours mm-hmm. nobody feels comfortable calling their boss out mm-hmm. nobody would feel comfortable calling the boss's wife out yeah <laughs> so then you know? for your airbnb business you have Traverse City, are you guys looking to do more? Are you kind of figuring, taking this time to then, um, like, build the process for that? Or what's next? So that we built the process through... Year one, the, year, the the first our first go round. We yeah. knew the process would be important because we wanted to replicate it. Yeah. Um. So we got some things we liked that d- we didn't like, things that worked and didn't work, um, all spelled out. And so the process is like literally iteration number one of it. But it's important that we have a process. I can go to that and go, hey, what do we need to do pre-purchase? Mm-hmm. You know, these are the things. Get get the finance. You know, now you know to get the checklist of the property yep. and everything before. Exactly, they're just gonna make a movie even faster this time, which is incredible. But yeah, we are. Uh, I mean, we're targeting Louisville right now. Targeting uh, Chicago. Chicago is always on our list. I love Chicago, and so does Vina. Mm-hmm. And so we've always had a, a dream of owning a spot down there. Um, Louisville. Uh, lo- love the Sedona area, Palm Springs. Um, those are a little bit further out i think for us though until we refine the process a little better like because chicago and all these other ones no or? no, i'm sorry palm Springs, sedona gotcha uh because like sedona arizona yeah gotcha because they're like so sedona. far away oh, scott sedona is so beautiful i've never been to scottsdale the mo- i don't think scottsdale's awesome it's cool bougie party sedona's absolutely opposite of that Sedo- sedona was so weird to me it uh, yeah. was like you're and it's like I remember on that bike trip. So we literally oh, saw right. the country all the way yes. to there. Um, <laughs> what a cool trip. Yeah. So the, but with Sedona, we were like, where are we? You know, like you go through cities that are look the same. Yeah. They look like any other city. Yep. Not so, Sedona. Sedona's Sedona magical. is weird. It's it is. the most relaxing place I've ever been in my life. My buddy Joe, we were at this, he was like a Catholic, an old Catholic like monastery or something, yeah. like a tourist. You'd go up to it and that was, we just walked around or whatever. We're standing on this like brick ledge that drops off maybe two feet. Yep. And my buddy Joe's like six, three, big dude. Yeah. So his sunglasses, he was wearing them like that on his hat, yeah. like you are. He looked down and they fell and it was like in this bush. And all of a sudden he goes to reach down and you hear and he's like oh god nope, sunglasses yep. are gone they're gone we're not risking it we're in the middle of nowhere nope. like all you can hear is he just like brushed the, not even i don't think he was to the bush yet yeah. but it was like you know wall bush ground yep. he could have easily and it was just like that's we were like we don't know knew it was there yeah and that's funny but sedona was really really cool yeah but yeah i could see how it'd be challenging if you're not there you know Traverse City is not right down the road, but it's right down the road. No, but it's drivable. So, yeah. I mean, like Traverse City for me, um, one of the things that I, I learned about the process of doing that is that I shouldn't do any of the work, right? And, you know, we were trying to save it. The budget got blown early on. 
like really early on. There was mm, a big challenge. For like rehab and, and Yeah, it was a big stuff. challenge. The rehab actually was pretty much on target, but the down payment was not. So the unit didn't appraise. It actually fell about $50,000 short of appraisal mm. like requirement. And because the market's so aggressive, we had to basically waive any kind of um, – right. You had to pitch. You had to pay the difference. Yeah, we had to pay the difference. Otherwise, we lost our offer, right? So we had to come out of pocket with 50 extra thousand which really chipped away the, the remodel budget, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm like, man, how can we cut some corners? Oh, I can go up and paint. So there were nights where I was going up there after work, let's say. Yeah, I might get a little head start, leave at 4, mm-hmm. get up there at 7, 7.30, do some work, leave there at 2 in the morning, come back down, right? 5 o'clock a.m., I'm rolling back in the door, get a couple hours of sleep, go back to work, right? Sedona, Palm Springs, that is not an option. I, even if even on a plane, I can't just go hop on a plane. Yeah, it's almost there. like you'd be like, I'm going to be here for six weeks. Right. Or I'm just going to outsource all of it and yeah. make sure that we get So it done. I, I think that's the thing is we need to refine the process of working with the contractors a little better and holding them accountable and make sure the jobs stay on track, which I'm actually really good at organizing because of what we do here at Intuitive. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, uh, we need to refine that process a little more with something more locally. Um before we get that kind of cadence down of how often we actually need to visit the property and see it. So year one though, was it, was it like, I don't even know what to think you'd like, I'm not earnings, but like was, it was a successful year then. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, our management company does a lot of projections, but we also had our own projections a little bit by just by doing some Airbnb research, finding out what the rental market was like when prices are up and down all that stuff. Right. Um, and we knew that there was going to be a couple really, really highlighted, like good months. Mm -hmm. And then we knew the winters were going to be just absolutely awful. Really? Yeah. We didn't really realize that the winters are going to be this awful. I mean like the zero flat line. Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of nice because we get to go up there. I was going to say, I'm thinking, you know, the cool thing about your Airbnb is that, oh, we have no one there for the weekend. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and you know, I don't know how early or like how can you book an Airbnb two days before or is there a limit? Is it like a week out or we can close it off anytime. Oh, you can change that. So like as as an owner, we can close it off anytime. So it's like, oh yeah, we're actually going up this weekend. So we close it off last night. Yeah. And that's a rule that Vina and I actually talked about is a, no friends and family discount. Yeah. And B, um, there is a, um, if we're going to use the space, we can't book it for the weekend. We can't book it until Thursday night. Oh, so if, if someone were to snag yep. it, then you're gonna, you're okay. Absolutely. More than likely it's going to be open this yep. weekend. We'll go and we on. even wrote it in the rules that we'll, we can revisit, we'll revisit those rules two years in because we wanted that thing running for two years before we figured out what it's actually going to do. Right. Cause we didn't really know. Are you going to stick to condos? Is there any like reason to go to houses at all? Or yeah. No? So as we kind of talk about the process and that's something that we've talked about changing in our vision. So our, our mission for that business is to obtain condos or lofts within walking distance of a downtown. We want to visit again. Mm-hmm. Regularly, right? Regularly, Somewhere yeah, you'd yeah. go and visit. Yeah. All, you know, so, whatever. you know, eventually when we grow up and retire, we can all of a sudden we have all these condos to travel around to in cities that we want to go to, mm-hmm. which sounds like fun, right? So the only thing that we considered tweaking about that is homes. Mm-hmm. Why is a home so much different than a condo or a loft? We were talking about the maintenance on it, right? Uh, you got to replace the roof. You got to worry about the lawn. You got to do this, that, whatever. It's really just all management at that point. You know, it's really not that much different. So your management company will handle all that. So it doesn't really matter per se. So it's something we're talking about opening up possibly, yeah. but right now it's still condos and lofts. 
So awesome. yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it also narrows the target of what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, which I, th- I think is actually extremely helpful. It gives your real estate agents a chance to look for what you're looking for too. What is your timeline for your next property estimated? Yeah, I think um, not one yet. You're just still working on getting. No, I mean we got to isolate the right property, and then we'll set a timeline on when we want to list and finish. So I mean. We wanted, uh, so one of our goals last year from our yearly meeting was be ready to b- purchase another property by the beginning of this okay, year. Okay, so you guys are just kind of sitting ready well, for that property. Yeah, we're ready now. Whether it's today or yep. six months or a year yep. or whatever. Yep. Uh, so um, I, th- we, I think we'd like to purchase one right now, but we also have a couple other things in the works that we're like, mm-hmm. if the right opportunity pops up for that, great. Um, we'll jump on it. But also with the other things we have going on right now too, I mean, we're making a lot of moves this year, mm-hmm. so... It's going to be a really, really interesting year. Are you guys going on as many trips as you went on last year? I want to say no, but probably, you know. Um, I don't know if we'll do that last-minute trip to Maui. That was that was fun, but kind of wild. Really? Yeah. Did, you, did I tell you about that? Was it on your podcast? Yeah, it was on our podcast recently, though. Not. not oh, the new year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't started them yet because okay. I like to get a few of them built, built up. up. Um. Yeah, man, we we got back from Vegas for my birthday. We're in town for two days here to work for a little bit, and then we on Thanksgiving morning we ran oh, a five k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ran our five k in Detroit, and then went right from that five k over to the airport and jumped on a plane to Maui. I think we were back on uh, Monday morning for work. It was, was awesome. Fun. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was like one of my favorite trips. We want to go to Alaska this year. Uh yeah, that was on our list a little bit too. So. But we, Courtney's uncle came and visited. He does like the cruises. You just go to yep. a cruise. I've never been on one. Courtney went one. She said it was cool. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what I feel about them yet. But you go to a cruise, but there's like a specific window that you go to because Alaska, okay. I guess, is horrible with mosquitoes, which I didn't know about. August. Really? Oh yeah. And he was like, you like can't go. They're just terrible. Huh. But um, wouldn't I guess that it was like I think springtime. I can't remember. It was like May or June or something like that. But um, it's like great for whale watching yeah. on these cruises. Yep. So you can just like be out in the middle of the water and there's just whales all over yeah, the place. Yeah. But we were like, yeah, we're going to try to do that this spring. And her uncle was like, no, like you have to book these like 15 months out to get it in the month you want. Yeah. Cause everyone wants that window. Right. So we said, all right, we'll just wait, maybe do something local, but <laughs> yeah, that would be a cool place to go to. Yeah. I've heard Alaska is supposed to be awesome. So it's like one of those places where you have to go until know. except that the crab's all gone now. You hear that? I know. I'm so disappointed. Mm-hmm. I, they got to find them. They got to find them. I love crab. They just like, aren't going. It's like the water is either warming or some or the salinity in it is changing. I don't I know. know. I know. I keep on reading articles about it because I'm hoping that one day they'll just find them. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I, t- I saw crab legs at a good deal at the store the other day. I was like, I gotta buy them. Mm-hmm. Might never see these again. Yeah, I not. I don't think I've ever ordered crab. Like, I've had it at sushi and like imitation crab. Yeah, no, no, I, no. imitation crab doesn't do it justice. Um, well, there's uh, the, the snow crab is a little saltier, um, and the king crab is just sweet and freaking delicious. Yeah. But I, where do you would you order it at though? Now, you won't just order it anywhere, right? Or are you a trusting kind of person? No, I'm kind of a trusting person when it comes to crab legs. I love crab legs. Really? <laughs> yeah. So like my favorite place to get it is like, uh, oh my God, it was so funny. I was uh, in Vegas, you know, so all the buffets. Mm-hmm. So the buffets will have like all you can eat crab legs, right? And then, so I started sacking them up like Lincoln Logs mm-hmm. and made this huge tower of crab legs. And I actually got the server in trouble because he's like, sir, 
can I clear a plate? I'm like, no, don't touch it. <laughs> I'm building this tower of Lincoln log, like crap, like Lincoln logs. How many did it end up being? It got pretty high. And the guy came over. He's like, sir, my boss is watching. I have to take that plate now. And I'm like, no, don't touch it. Oh, you can <laughs> then, eat. Then he, he finally came over and is like, look, it's like, I'm getting in a lot of trouble, man. I got to get this out of here. I'm like, mm-hmm. fine. Take the plate. I'm building another castle. And so, yeah, the, the Vegas ones are great just because it's all you can eat. But I've never been there. Never I think um, like locally, like if, if you're going to go to like a good steakhouse and they have Alaskan king crab, which is what you'll generally find at mm-hmm. a steakhouse, um, they're, they're, if they've got that on the menu, it's expensive enough for them to not jack it up. Gotcha. Like you can't go wrong with it. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I don't know if I'd stop at some of these new ones that are popping up. Like, I don't want to mention them because I don't want yeah, to bash yeah, yeah. business. But yeah, like, exactly. Like, like just, I don't know. Go to a higher end place and try it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, or like, my God, stop at the store and, and buy some crab legs. It's cheaper anyways. They're already pre-cooked, basically. You, you, they're, they're, they're going to come frozen. Basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's either gonna, it is or They're going to come frozen. You like, don't want to suck at them like a popsicle because that'd yeah. be weird. But you just put them in a steamer for 10 minutes. And that's it. That's it. You're just warming them up. Hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. a Myers? I am from. Yeah. Meyer, Kroger, something like that. They're all frozen. We do have a steamer. We got some. Uh... Yeah. We should try it. Yeah, you should. And then you just dunk them in like clarified butter, just butter. Or yeah, you you... Melt that butter up and just dunk them in butter. Mm. So good. Can you over steam them? Yes, you can. Okay. I was going to say. They'll get like, like dry. They'll you, get dry and sticky. Just like 10 minutes? About or? 10 minutes, yeah. I'm going to try them. Do it. And I'll record it. I'll let you know. How <laughs> I want to see a video. Well, so it sounds like you have a pretty crazy year coming. We do. We do. I'm excited so for it though. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a year in my life without starting at least five new businesses and, mm-hmm. you know, doing something crazy. So, mm-hmm. well, thanks for thanks for bugging. Let me let me bug you for a bit. Oh, I was, a wasn't a bother at all, man. This is fun. It was uh, almost two and a half hours. Holy shit! Yeah, and it didn't seem like it was very long. We're at <laughs> the great. two hour and twenty eight minute. Mark. Oh man, hopefully you chopped this up into like five I'm episodes. I'm not gonna. Dude, nobody's gonna listen to two and a half hour podcast. Everybody will. On. Everybody uh, will. You could get a bunch of dislikes on this one. I don't care. <laughs> Thanks for Negative me, feedback is feedback. That's you know right. What that's I mean? right. You, you want get that people feedback. to be like, change this. It's too effing long, man. Yeah. Uh, no, thanks for having me, Mitch. We'll have to do this again, and uh, definitely, you know, it's a lot of fun. So, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Cool, Zach. Thanks. Yep. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>